came a long way, man. We just came a long way. We sitting on top of this shit. This shit can go one or two ways. This shit can go up. It can go down. Either way, nigga, I'm prepared. You feel me? Yeah. I be coming in peace, but fuck me. Best beware the others. This shit deep. Undercovers creep. This southern heat make them bearable. Summer just last week. Send your mama weep. Crying cause she don't want to bury your brother. The blood leaks. Why the EMTs gotta carry her baby like surrogate mothers? Whoa. Thank God we survived around with a terrorist. Hover though traumatized. Wouldn't trade it for nothing through hard times. It was there I discovered a hustle and making the best out of struggle. I kept grinding to the step of level. Respect mine. Gotta stay out of trouble cause tech nines like the air rebuttals. Cold world niggas knowing what it is. Just in case they don't, I show them what it is. In summer, I do real numbers. Couldn't dare touch it if they sold a double disc. Black cop niggas burning up the street. Shots popping and we heard it up the street. It's a war, niggas running up the score. Jesus said that you should turn the other cheek. Once this niggas getting murdered every week. Dead bodies smell the older in the street. My homie, homie got out on parole. He's on my Coca Cola in the soda industry. What up, what up, what up? What we doing? Hey, man, what you got going on over there? Uh, you <laughs> no, can't you get that right. off, but now your phone freeze now, huh? That's what happens. Like, it's like, it's like a kid in a school classroom, like, doing the wrong thing, and then out of nowhere. <laughs> we got that broke-ass iPhone I don't understand. I'm glad I got the little music still playing right there, man. But we can't even, we can't even start off the right way. But let's start it off just some way. Yo, what up, what up? We're back for episode number six of season three. Bro, fellas, how you doing today? Man, we good, man. I'm good like a, a good syrup sandwich growing up, dog. Okay, Key, man, how you doing, bro? I'm good, bro. Gucci, uh, you know what I'm saying? Another weekend. He's back in the fun. building. Yeah, I know, bro. I was out uh, last weekend, so, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot going on. It's, it's I mean, especially with these months flying by, man. You don't even realize what week it is sometimes. <laughs> and that's the craziest part about it. You wouldn't even think it's May. Fuck the way the weather is out here, boy. Yeah, the weather's crazy. This rain and this and clouds just coming out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I'm used to it because of, I mean, where I grew up at is the, it was, we call it, they call it tornado, tornado valley, actually. We have a tornado season every year. Mm-hmm. So it's normally around like 80 degrees and it'd be like 50, 60 at night. Yeah, that's true. Storm cells come in. I mean, it's it's nothing to do. I mean, it's just going. You either gonna have a tornado or not. It's gonna it's gonna be a problem. But at the end of the day, you know, what I mean, hopefully we're trying to stay safe and and uh and just enjoy some warmth because I'm ready. Yeah, it's, you know it's, what I mean. Like I hate wearing a t shirt. Then can't can't really do much. Got throw a sweater on that one and. It's like, bro, it's, it's, it's... One day getting shorts. Yeah, it's, 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 it's bipolar, man. Yeah, it's, it's bipolar, like, it's man. It's like Dallas, bro, for real. Yeah. It'd be like 80 and 50. Yeah, that's they're crazy, too. Yeah, but then it's crazy, but like Houston be like 90 all year round. Except the months of January and February. Then it get a flood. Then it get a flood. Then it go right back to 90. And it's just... It's too much back and forth, man. But, yo, we missing a member today, man. D's out. Yeah, you doing say, say I did a Mother Day thing this weekend. We totally understand. He ain't playing no games. So, you know, your sprint ain't, and she ain't playing. Nah, she like I need my day. I she need her day, man. So you go spend it all. Make sure you take them all. Take them, take them for everything. Get that Gucci. Slide, get 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 that everything. That. I want you know, everything. Now we gonna come back next week. Say, bro, man, I spent too much money this weekend, man. <laughs> he he may. You know, D D be paying attention. D be like, I don't, I don't know, but nah, she's well worth it, man. What you got planned for Mother's Day, bro? Man, just you know, something simple, bro. Man, you know we, you know, just. 
got the gifts. You know, did that about a month ago, man. And okay, up- upgraded the ring. Oh, you did? What type of upgrade the ring? Yeah, yeah. tell us about. It. Did you know about this, King? Yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah, man. what you do with the ring? Yeah, you got to move in silence, though. Yeah, you know, you know, it's been 13 years, man, and you know it's about yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, so we did that, and you know, we just have a nice little dinner, man, and just cater to it, man. Just have a relax, man. My kids. You know, my girl, they, they pick on tips so much, dog. It's like, they pick on her. You know, just not really to pick on her, but like everything. Like, oh, I need this. I need that. You know, so she's oh, yeah, always they, running they around rely doing on that. 100%. So, so hopefully she can chill tomorrow. You know, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Absolutely. Um, you know, you die, ladies, you definitely deserve it. Yeah, man. What about you, Key? Uh, I ain't doing nothing for Mother's Day, man. I got to just drop Bryce some stuff off so, you, you know, get his mother. But uh, that's about it. I'm going to be chilling. Well, Watch some basketball. But uh, you want to say happy Mother's to your mom? Oh, yeah. I was going to wait till the end of the show. Yeah, oh, my bad. My yeah, bad. My yeah, bad. I was, was giving you the opportunity. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Y'all, Bryce you know, need a job, though. Yeah. Holler at her and see what's yeah. good. So but, I was going to wait till the end of the show. To my shout out. Yeah, shout got out. you. Got yes. you, brother. I got you. Bryce need a job, though. Yeah, 12, bro. Nah, bro. Size 12 shoe? Yeah, bro. Yeah. It's only going to get bigger, too, bro. It's going to get bigger. I, I'm only two sides bigger than them right now. You may want to hold on to your shoes. <laughs> oh, he ain't getting my shoes. Why not? Why not pass them down, dog? Man, yeah. man, you might as well just go ahead and, and hand them down to him. He got about another year left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're lying, and He's going to be right on you. Hey, well, you how he tried now? the other day because he uh, left some shoes. He wanted to go hoop. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, what about those? Like, you're not putting your... First of all, you can't fit them in. You're not putting your feet in my shoes. You're going to try. You're going to try, though. My shoes is for for lifetime, bro. I got some classics, bro. Man, you hold no shoes, no lifetime, man. As you take care... You know, now, when you was younger, bro, you used to dog sneakers. Oh, now, nah, I, now... No, I didn't, bro. Like, I used to actually... I did. I, I brushed clean my shoes for the last 30 nah, years of my bro. life. My shoes were 35 years of my life. My, my shoes weren't late. When I was like, shit, probably in my early, like... 19, 20, 21, even in my early 20s. My, after two months, my shoes would be dog. Nah, I haven't. You know, I can't say the same. Yeah. I always toothbrush and clean my shoes. I but what I did is, what I've done is, as I've gotten older, I mean, your 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 value, your, your money amount yes. increases. Yes. Yes. So, therefore, my closet is exploded with sneakers. So, yeah. now I can do, I can dog them because I got another pair sitting right there. Or I can just like, you know what, what I'll buy some more. Yeah. But oh, back in the day, oh, you wearing them once, you yeah. might not wear them again for a oh, whole year. I am, I'm worse at that, bro. I'm yeah. bad at that. I have this, I have yeah. that. Because the reason I say now, because now they just making the same sneakers over and over. Yeah, yeah. Especially with Jays. Yeah, you come out, you be like, I already got them. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't about to be yeah. getting no lies. But you ain't getting your Jays. <laughs> you ain't getting yours. Yeah, it wasn't for me. Yeah, was anytime. Oh, that for Bryce? Yeah, he wanted those. I, oh, man. I, he wanted them. I anytime get, you got to be on a, I want the red the lottery I, type deal. Are you going to push for the You don't need it. Are you going to push for the Kobe's? Coming out next week on the 12th? It's going to be hard, bro. I'm going to try, but I'm going to have everybody on the line. <laughs> I'm going to try. It's going to be hard, though. But that, that's the thing why Vanessa was frustrated, bro. But I'm going to try. I had like four people on the line on, on Saturday for Bryce, bro. I had people all in New York on the app. That's hey, crazy, bro. And nobody crazy. got. That's crazy. That's crazy. Nobody bro. got. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's so, that's yeah. ridiculous. Right you there. really don't need them, then they're gonna be that hard, though. Yeah, I like if I get them, it meant for me. If yeah, not, that's shit ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. too hard for that. Yeah, it's hard, bro. All right, folks, let's get into the first uh, topic for today, man. We already know it's the drama going on in, in Green Bay. Yes. Outside, I don't know how far is it for Milwaukee, but who knows in Wisconsin, man? And and A Rod, his he's dug his feet down. He's dug his heels in the ground. He's not coming off of coming there and playing unless they're going to get rid of the GM. Yeah. So, you know, we all talked about this a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, actually. Then we talked about this last week, but we didn't get into this even more now because we're learning more information as everything came moving forward. And, and you know, A-Rod, as far as his decisions, people making decisions, things that he's actually asked for, or even maybe just gave a thoughts on, 
it hasn't been considered to this standpoint. So at this time, man, he's he's 100% ready to move on. What's your thoughts? I'm going to start with you, Ray, on this. What's your thoughts on A-Rod coming back and playing for the Green Bay next season? Unless somebody give them a trade, bro, where they get in the next four, five years, first round. Well, you say someone, what's his best fit then? Best fit? I like what Denver has because they got some nice young pieces. Mm-hmm. And I think what Aaron Rodgers always wanted was receiver help, right? And I think with Denver, they got it all. They got Judy. They got the young boy, Patrick. Um, they got Cortland Sutton. They got Fant. Like, they have the pieces to be able to give up Drew Locke. I know you got Teddy, but shit, Teddy, shit. We'll release you, dog. You'll be back up. Denver will be a good fit for him because they got nice young pieces, but – Denver still going to throw in pass team probably to get him. If I'm Green Bay, I want everything. Any team you want, you want A-Rod, he's 36 years old, and I believe in Jordan Love. Give me everything. I want three first rounds. I want a, I want if you're Denver, I want pass team. You're gonna give, you're gonna pay for it. But it's a it's a sticky situation, bro, because now it's like Aaron Rodgers is pulling his weight so much. Green Bay, like, like, bro, how do you mend that relationship? The shit bad though. Like now you're saying, look, group text messages you making fun of the GMs and you know Jerry Krause references and like, bro, come on, dog, you being petty now. You think that's petty or that's just him, you know, being honest? Jerry Krause did try to break up the Bulls. He did a couple of years before. We saw the we saw the doc. We but, know what happened. But with Aaron Rod, like your team has won 13 games for the last couple of years. But it could they could have been one weapon away from getting over the hump. What what most times when you get that first round pick in a receiver, bro, nine times out of ten, bro, it's very few and far between they make an immediate impact. What team have you not seen that made an, oh, receiver outside, didn't make an impact? So in immediately. the last two years, Green Bay drafted what, twenty five uh, a bat, right? Because they had thirteen wins. Name a receiver draft late in the draft has really done something. Right? Odell was like twelve, thirteen. Like you're just not getting that that impact from a receiver that late in the draft. Though. I, you don't what get are you it talking often. about? The what, other what, name a receiver though. No, AJ Brown was like the third or second round. But it took some time. Right? No, no, I'm not saying, look, no, even still, look, even still, even still, even the receiver for Seattle was like third round. Yes, I'm saying. Listen, the value you still so just because value. you draft a receiver in the first round to please Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean that shit gonna pay. But that's off. making, but that's making a at least that's making an effort to and say Jackson, we're bringing Jackson in talent. Was he was draft second, twenty second. Yeah. Oh, 24th, I think. But even still, bro, you won 13 games. That's you not were, what you just said. You just said it was no value laying around for receivers. It's very, it's, it's a few and far between. Where? I'm saying, uh, uh, what was Michael Thomas drafted at? Second round. Thank you. No, I'm just saying. Like, if you, <laughs> hey, what do you mean? Like, what are you no, saying? I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, you can find a good receiver. No, I'm saying, if you round. just say they did draft a second one in the second round, that doesn't mean that's going to please Aaron Rodgers. What do you think Adams would draft at? Devontae. See, second, third round. He wasn't no first round pick. It, it was late. Right, but I'm just saying. So I'm saying. Play, no. So let's say they do draft a receiver in the but first round. They didn't round. draft any wide receiver in the first or second round. Even still, that's, is, is that going to be guaranteed to please Aaron Rodgers? That's making an effort saying we're giving you some weapons. But it, if you draft and you put, if you develop a receiver, anybody can turn up to be something. That doesn't make sense what you're saying. What, what you, you're, you're always drafting on potential. Of All course, in the first round, All in the first round, you think the first round is going to be an instant hit. Not every time it happens. Right. But if you're looking at the first round, you got to be like, listen, it's the they traded up to get Jordan Love. Yeah, that's the problem. So they sacrificed to problem. get a guy who ain't playing right now. So why not go? Why not go get somebody? Oh, get him a weapon. You still gonna trade it up? Go get him a weapon. 
But even still, dog, like, is that going to guarantee you getting in the hump and get to the Super Bowl? But it's least saying we're trying to build weapons around you yeah, not, so you not, can get to that next level. Even still, even if you go get offensive weapon, your defense so you're not going nowhere. What free agent receiver did they bring in? None. Thank you. He's, he's, that's what he's trying to tell them. But at the end of How the many receivers I'm going to keep making? Has that truly hurt them in the last two or three years? It, happened, it hurt them against uh, Tampa Bay? I don't know about that. Bro, dog. It they, was in the game. Dog, watch the game. Watch the game. They doubled. So why, so why is dog, it all of a, a They doubled Devontae Adams. Okay. And it, and it was like, yo, there's other receivers only. But even still, why is it a problem just because when you get to Tampa, but you've won 13 games, right? You had a nice playoff run until you got to Tampa. Why is it an issue now? But I think <laughs> his issue was because y'all, like James said, trading up to try to draft my replacement. That's to, I, I get that not, problem. Not, not to help me try to win a Super Bowl. I get right. the problem. Not, like, I get that. So that's, no doubt. That's, that's the biggest issue we have. I, I mean, I, I totally get that. And I want to mortgage the future and, for and that. And I think early on he wanted an extension at the time. They didn't want to do that. So... That's his thing. Like, well, if y'all don't want me, fuck, let me know. Cause now, because I got an MVP season, now all of a sudden you want, you want, you it's want a to rock situation. with me. Yeah, so he's like, fuck it. I want the dude who tried to replace me gone. That's the other word he's saying. Is he the me or him? And they're going to do that? Oh, yeah, so what would you say? Do that? Do the GM come go down and play some football? Bro, but say, bro, but some GMs, bro, can build a nice franchise yeah, for bro. years to come. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. 36? Yeah, but it still got about like three, four more years in him. Because, well, if that's the case, go ahead and trade him. If that's the case, let him go. I mean, bro, if somebody, <laughs> gonna, if you believe in Jordan Love, yeah, but like I'm you traded up to get him. You traded up to get him, so you must believe in him. I will. I mean, bro, if somebody gonna give me some the nice amount of first round picks, bro, Aaron Rodgers be gone, bro. I ain't won the Super Bowl in how many years? Like twelve. <laughs> 12 <laughs> hey, bro. 20. But my thing was with this, I just want Aaron Rodgers to come out and he ain't say do that. Don't send messages through your agent or this and that. Just come out like James Harden <laughs> said. You know what I'm saying? I want out. The relationship is over. I want to be traded. He's my team. If you uh, not, you know what I'm saying, if the GM gone, just come out and say, look, I don't want to be here no more. Yeah. Come, you got to be uncomfortable to get out of the situation. It's like Deshaun had to come out and say, he didn't want to be there no more. So I need Aaron Rodgers just to come out to the public and say what he want. If you, wanna, if you want the GM to go, you're going to say, say that. If you want to be gone to trade it, come out and have a press conference. Say, I want to be out this situation. That's going to be tough, though. And why is not? That's what you want. You got to do stuff. Look, James Harden, they weren't trying to j- trade James Harden until he came out and sat down at the press conference. It was like, he came fat. He, he, was, <laughs> he was at the, 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 the strip club while they were training. He was doing all that. And they still ain't want to trade him. Uh, yeah. Give him uh, the, what, little baby, 100 grand for his birthday. But when he sat down and said, look, I want out. The relationship is, is, uh, is, is not fixable. Two weeks, two, three days later, he was traded. But it's different in the NFL, bro. Well, say, bro, Aaron Rodgers got power. These Only way it's different because they got to stand up and say it. Even Same still, thing? bro, these, these billionaire owners in the NFL, bro, it's like, it's Man. my league. It's my team. Yeah, but if, NBA, but NBA players can, run he, the team. He can sit out. He can sit out. Uh, you got to sacrifice. Yeah. You got you can sit out. Will he do that, though? But I'm saying, if you want power, you got to do uncomfortable. You got to do things that against the grain to, to, to get what you want. You just can't play it by look at what happened to Dak. You play by their rules, you ain't they ain't gonna budge. You know what I'm saying? Dak tore his knee up, and then now he finally got some. No, I'm not franchise. So net, he got his deal. But if he'd have been did that last year, he'd have had the deal last year. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation, man. Like, is Aaron really gonna sit out? Like, I mean, I know you won't be traded, but 
There's no guarantee you go to somewhere else. You're in a Super Bowl situation. They're going to give up so much to get you. Well, I think he just won't be with an organization that is about, like James saying, going to get me weapons. Like Tampa Bay went and got Tom Brady what he needed. The Saints went and got Drew Brees what he needed. Uh, uh, You know what I'm saying? Organizations that are trying to win a Super Bowl. Even though you see, uh, you know what I'm saying, Dallas may not win, but they're going to go get weapons to try to win on offensive end. Because like you said, you need more than one receiver. And we saw this from Saints years. That's why the Saints haven't won a Super Bowl out the last two, three years. You have one receiver in the playoff time come. Like James said, they're going to double that receiver and nobody else can get on. And Devil Aaron Rodgers is looking at it. You know what I'm saying? So. Especially when you build the offense around them. You build the offense around Devontae's skill set and Aaron Rodgers' skill set. And the running game. So the running game been playing well, but when they they got got, a nice running game. But when they got behind against Tampa, it's like, hey, it's A-Rod or die. You know what I mean? And, and if you're telling you A Rod, you like, bro, I, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And he didn't have a great game. He didn't have a great Tom game. Tom Brady didn't have a great but game. Tom Brady looked terrible in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> and when A Rod had the opportunity to put the thing, to put it all together in the second half, he couldn't really do it. Yeah, he choked. But if you watch him ball against, uh, you watch him ball against, what's the name, man? He balled against uh, uh, the Rams. Yeah. And we all saw what the Rams did to Seattle. So you gotta you you gotta give but, the guy what he needs. But and in, in, in true again, the Rams was kind of beat up too. Donald, uh, Aaron Donald didn't play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like you say, you you need more than one weapon. You need more than one great receiver in this in this NFL, bro. But if you, but if you got a lot of these elite quarterbacks, I think these franchises expect that quarterback to elevate the talent around him. But he's been doing it. Yes. Oh well, have, have so, you so seen? Why, have you seen the? Have you seen the season? That's what I'm saying. So why? So why would it be? A, and, and from an organization standpoint, why are you now saying you don't have the weapons you need? He's saying and he, we come playoffs. Is it because you don't play well? Or prime example, at that fourth down, I think it was third down after he threw the pass to Devontae Allen. He could have ran in it and made an impact have. himself. He could have. We all say that as as money Monday uh, Monday quarterback, Monday quarterbacks. I get it. And we all gonna say yeah, you could have ran. I, this place, so, I looked at Matt Ronnie. Why he didn't run on that play? True. Right. But at the end of the day, he's uh, he's also a pocket quarterback that looks at being precision and being direct and, and targeting his players. And if you if you know that you don't have the weapons outside Devontae to really spread the ball around, then what else can you do? He's always built. I mean, this dude having 44 and four type seasons, yeah. and he's doing these things with guys of maybe fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. True. So how much how much you going to keep building up your talent? He's elevated his team. His players, we want to go thirteen and three. Yeah, playing for home, coming through in the playoffs. Well, that's the thing because the playoffs. It's is coming to playoffs. It, playoffs is different for regular season. I'm gonna take away what you love in the in the playoffs. I don't care about that in regular season. Same thing with the Saints. Saints were thirteen and three. Get in the playoffs, take away Michael Thomas, Trouble. and they don't have nothing. That's why you need another receiver. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? Even I love what Atlanta did. Even though they got Julio and Ridley, they went and got a tight end that. Gonna make you play all over the field. Yep. You just can't just. You just need that these days. These, you know what I'm saying? They play get paid on the defensive end too. Yeah. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I ain't gonna let one receiver beat me. You shouldn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what Aaron Rodgers is looking at. Like y'all waiting the last ten years of my. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no way he shouldn't have another. No, that's ball. been our issue. Our yeah. issue is has been that Julio has been the prize player. Even Kevin really. Kevin is the thing. I, I like Kevin really, man, but I think feel like. People are giving Calvary really a lot of love, and he's a great player. He's he's gonna be a, he's potentially gonna be the replacement. But you, do you want to put it on the shoulders of that level when you have right now you have a Julio who can still play at a high level? Now he needs to get healthy, but you gotta we gotta get to a point where 
you gotta be honest with yourself and say, hey man, listen, why not keep all your weapons? Because if you take, if you say Julio's gone, you leave Julio out, you be like, hey man, Julio's gone, you still gotta worry about, you still gotta worry about the aspects of hoping that Pitts adjusts and get to the NFL life really quickly. So you, why not keep their weapons wide open? You got a brand new coach, a rookie coach at that. Mm-hmm. Man, listen, Matt Ryan, under, he's going to be up on the new system. Keep the weapons. Oh, no doubt. Keep the weapons. But I, I, I'm not mad at, at uh, A-Rod. I don't, but the thing is, I, I, just, I get uh, to ask you, like, what, do you, what team you still feel like is the best fit for him to be there if he does get traded? Uh, shit, uh, it's a few teams. The Saints would be a good team. Uh, Denver so you want to give up Jameis? Give up on Jameis oh, that yeah. quick? Yeah, shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Saints but y'all don't have a lot to give up, though. Y'all don't have a lot of, like... You would have to give up players. players give up I mean, you, you players. got the capital, right? Like, you just give up three, four first-round picks. Yeah, you get up first-round picks. You can give up Lattimore, right? Because he's coming up on a deal, so it depends on you want to pay him. Or you can give up Ram check at the tackle. Right? You got a few pieces that Marcus Williams, he franchised. You can give him a new deal and then trade him off. So you got a few pieces, but you don't have a lot. But, you know, a but, but going to take a lot. But I say Saints would be a good fit, or... Uh, uh, Denver, be, Denver that was be, the hell with James, huh? I mean, bro, Denver, 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 yeah. Denver, Denver, would be a good fit. Uh, who else would be a good fit? Uh, uh, well, New England got their quarterback, but I think what's calling to be shit. If, if if he can get him New England, I think Belichick could do it, and he just drafted uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh would be a good fit because they got everything. You know what I'm saying? Pittsburgh. So yeah, it's a couple. Of, it's a couple of teams out here be a good fit for Miami. Miami would be a good fit for them. They got they got picks yeah. and so and yeah trade tour yeah so you know, oh you just keep tour he's cheap you can sit him for another year to make sure he's fully healthy A-Rod. and then let him come out there when A Rod's ready to move on because but A Rod's talking about playing at forty to forty five so we just don't I mean, know how shit, to you work. see Brady playing forty five dog and if you can stay healthy and build a nice line I mean mm-hmm. A Rod still got the arm talent. I don't see no throws. He's like, man, yeah, A Rod ain't making those throws like he used to. So, I mean, he could easily play into his forties, bro. Forty two, forty three. So that's what another six seasons. Yeah, because he's right. on, he's not even thirty eight yet. Right. So I could easily see A Rod playing at least another four or five years if you yeah. protect him, because he's not running like he used to. Yeah. Right. Like so, if you protect him, I could easily see it though. So if you look in the, yeah, you might gamble your future, but if you get a Super Bowl out of it, man, it pays off, though. Before we get to the next topic. What do you what do you think about um uh Terry Terry um Louisiana Tech boy yeah, Terry Bradshaw Terry Bradshaw's comments about A Rod and, and the different things that he said about him, whether he's selfish, he doesn't play with a lot of poise, you know, he he's he's kind of reckless to a certain degree, he doesn't play with fundamentals. What do you think about that? Considering the fact that Terry never <laughs> in the history of football had a season like A Rod's ever had. But I think Terry had everything, bro. He had Hall of Famers, though. Lynn Swan. I mean, we know that, but why do you feel like he was felt like he He's felt old the need? School. But why he felt the need to make those type of comments, knowing that A. Rod still one of the greatest players that played the game? It's, it, I don't get the comments. Like I say, A. Rod is one of the best quarterbacks ever. And I ain't say right now. I mean ever, and that's including. I think he's better than Bradshaw was. Oh, of course. So not Brad- the winner that he is. <laughs> yeah, bro. So definitely for, better. So Bradshaw to come out and talk about he reckless. This is weak. Like, bro, you can't never speak on another man, bro, unless you're in their shoes. Yeah, right, bro. So it's easy to be on the outside looking in, saying, "Yeah, you weak and this and that." But you ain't in my shoes, bro. If you was in my same shoes, you'd be complaining too. Especially nowadays, where these owners 
it's all about the bottom line, bro. It's about their money, bro. It's not about getting these players in position to win like they need to, bro. It's certain owners that will spend to do whatever to win. So for Terry Bradshaw, bro, I think he out of pocket. I mean, it's his opinion, but I think he out of pocket on this one, dog. Aaron Rye is one of the greatest ever, and he just he's just frustrated. Plus, you're not giving the man a new contract, right? So I like James Jones said. I think if you give a nigga some money, I think Aaron Rodgers would be like, yo, I, I, man, look, I apologize. I think I could work with the GM, though. <laughs> yeah, we do. We don't use that you, type you, of language, though. Yeah, look, you we put me, you put me one, two highest payouts all in, in the league. Yeah, man, I think I could work with the GM, though. I think we can work something out. What about you, man? Um, I think it's just unfair criticism. You know, it, it's just because he hadn't won but one Super Bowl. And with all the talent, you know, people look at him as, like, some speak, Some people think he's top five of all time. Some people would say that with yep. the talent he had and just to have one Super Bowl, which is unfair. But, you know, in a lot of games, you know what I'm saying, he hadn't – it had been games in the big-time moments he didn't play well in. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just, you know, just because of the team. It some stuff he played bad against, you know. Uh, so you're looking at the talent. I think he's looking at he should have more than one Super Bowl, and he old school. Like they just grew up in a time, like Raymond said, where you just play to you, to the team, get rid of you, not like put your own future in your own hands. So they, bro. yeah. So athletes now starting to, you know, what I'm saying dictate their own future. They ain't letting the organization just sit there and just. You know, stay there twenty years, and they went, he went and won Super Bowl. Because Aaron Rodgers knows that at the end of his career, he's gonna be judged on how many Super Bowls he won, yep. not how many yards he threw, is how many chips he get. And so, because right now, you know, a lot of people are saying, "Yeah, he's great," but you just let a forty. How old is Brady? Forty? What? Forty two, forty three year old man outplays forty four. So, with all the talent, the arm strength you have, you can't win the big games, which is. You know, it's a team sports when it comes to football than any other sports. Yeah. But that's the reason I think he said that because he just he, – the time he grew up in and just he looking at you should have more than one Super Bowl with – you got so much talent. And then when stuff yeah. ain't going right, yeah. you want to blame the organization. But you're 13-3. and three, You done been in how many conference finals for? Right. And only won one. Yeah, yeah before we jump – before yeah. we jump to that, let me, let, me, let me end this one. I felt like it was out of pocket. Um, cause the simple fact that one, you don't speak on another man's situation, unless you know the situation entirely. Now, if you know the situation entirely, you know, who, you know, a rod inside and out, maybe you can have a comment on it. Um, you know, they promise, they may promise a rod certain situations, certain players. If we see this guy here, the draft line, we'll get it. And he's like, no, and it didn't happen. So it's, it's more than just that. It's gotta be, it's gotta be, it's bigger than what people think it is. And a rod to be so, you know, of a stickler personality to me, and what I what I feel like, I feel like I know he's going to dig his heels in, and I don't think he's ever going to play for Green Bay ever again. So, so I think the best fit could be, you know, maybe like you said, Denver. If you're Chicago, you know that Joseph is going to sit for a while. Why not make that trigger? But they won't do an in division trade like that anyway. Yeah, Some teams do it. I mean, Brent Favre. No, he went to the Jets. To, no, but they. What's his name? Um, uh, we went to the Redskins from Philly. Donovan McNabb went to the Redskins. So it's happened, but I feel like they won't do it because of yeah. just the talent that he is. He's still a bad man. Yeah, he's, he's still a talent. Bad you man. don't want to face him twice. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, bad man. If you got a team that can, that's there. 
like like we just talked about Denver that can be possibly there. I know the division uh, is tough, but they got some pieces. Bro. A Denver, a Denver. A, uh, I was thinking like Carolina, but they got their guy. I say uh, the Saints. Saints would be a perfect. I just don't think the Saints has enough to trade for. But I'm saying he will want. He will come there. Hey, bro, if you want Lattimore, you want Ramcheck. I'll give you three, four first round picks. You got to give about three. I'll give you Taysom Hill. That'll get it done. Yeah. With Green Bay, they probably gonna train him to like the Texans or something. I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna trade, you ship him somewhere. It's fucking death, yeah. <laughs> right? But you don't. But yeah. Saints could got some pieces. They got pieces to give up on, right? Like. Adam Moore's making sixteen million on the fifty option. I mean, the money got to be close, so it it can be done if you just give up the pieces. But then you gutting the team, and then Aaron Rodgers back to square one, like making players better around him. Like he's just not ready for that in his career. He's ready to already have talent that'll keep winning. Yeah. But, that, that, but I, I but if I'm the Saints, I would go with draft picks than just giving up a lot of talent. Shit, Green Bay don't want the world. Though. Well, well, I'm just saying he unhappy anyway. So it went. It went it just shoot your shot. Maybe, maybe not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You I mean, don't want to gut the team because he's gonna feel like well. Shit. They're still San Fran. Yeah. You got uh, would you trade Trey Lance to get Aaron Rodgers? No, but you could trade Jimmy G. You could. You give him that. You get some more pieces, and you get some draft picks. You can go. But from they there. tried their hand and Green. Yeah, Bay that's won. why they they, they were yeah. there. That was then, but yeah. come it's different now. Come June. Yeah. Be a Close to training camp, they're gonna be like, let's yeah. see what happens, man. Yeah, let's, right. let's jump into like we just we just saw the draft like last week, man. And one thing that was noticeable, and a lot of head coaches in the HBCU noticed this as well, is that uh, there were no HBCU players drafted. Now that could have been because of the fact that all the players who play during the spring wasn't eligible to be drafted, right? So that could be a piece, but it all could have been. But there were players that Alcorn who didn't play who. Was going to sit out anyway because they want to be ready for the draft, and you know you talk about Alcorn so much. The fact that they didn't have not one player drafted, even though they have such a dominant team, says a lot. So I want to get your thoughts on it, man. Like, why do you feel like one not a player drafted in the in the NFL draft, and the fact that you know we see how these coaches not putting it out there. Dion spoke on it, other coaches are speaking on it now. Um, what do you think we need to do in HBCU land to try to get this thing on the right ship? Uh, I think more coaches from like a Dion aspect need to come back, come down and coach the ones that are not getting a coaching opportunity to bring the spotlight, more spotlight on HBCU. And, and, and don't get me wrong. It's been a lot of players in the league drafted out of HBCUs every other year. Right. Then this year you probably have co- uh, players going back cause they still got a, you know what I'm saying? They awarded a lot of players uh, an extra year. It can be that like how many, I don't know what's the number of how many people put their name in to be eligible. To get drafted, or they gonna just go back and and use this last year of eligibility? Because a lot of players are saying, you know what? Since the NCAA is uh had gave play, you know, uh, people an extra year, they might just take that like, all right, I'm gonna go back and play another year and try to see can I get higher in the draft or just my stock. But my thing is, we just gotta keep talking about it because you know some of the best players have came out of HBCUs that are in the NFL. From, from going back in the day to now. So, uh, and I, th- I want to see more coaches like on the N- players, former players who done play NFL come and take these jobs. And just because y'all had to connect now, y'all can go to the NFL and just yeah. put these people in the right platform. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? I like what Brandon Marshall is doing. You know what I'm saying? P- people like that just go back down there, take a coaching job. So, what is Brandon Marshall doing? I don't he, know what I'm I, with that. He's he got his own training. I've, I've got what I said. I think the House of Athletes. Yeah, he bite players up, work them out. 
know what I'm saying? But is he focused on HBCUs? Like, what is he doing? I, I don't know if he's just focused on that, but I know he's doing that for a lot of, like, athletes. So, but I would want him to, if he's not, bite some of these SWAT and uh, MEAC players up to the house of athletes. Work but I think, them out. But the thing is, though, most of those guys he can have a relationship with, the D1 athletes in there, you know, he played a Marshall, I think. Yeah, he played in Marshall. They played in Marshall, yeah. Central Cause, Florida. No, Central, Central Florida. Because he can't, because he ain't come from a big school. Yeah, but the thing is, the reason why I don't understand what he's doing because if he's, all this stuff has to be paid for. So normally the agents are paying for yeah, it. Ain't free. Or or <laughs> a school or organization are paying for it. Most time the agents, I believe. Right, so the agent, if, if you are already declared the draft, you're going to the agent paying for it. Yeah. If you're going to a, um, if you're at a university, the university pays for it. It's like training, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like a training. Part of like that training type of situation, and then the university gets the bill for, it. or because they can't do anything else because they have to pay for it. Otherwise, it's solicitation and it's, 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 yeah, it's it ACA rules. Yeah, yep, no. So, uh, I look at it like that. Like I don't want to understand whether he's going to be able to. Like, how is that helping HBCUs though? But I'm saying he should reach out, and and, and if you're HBCU, you should. If you feel like you got a player that's on that level, you should do your. But, you got to pay. But look at it. HBCUs you don't have the funding. They don't, have the, they don't have the capital for that. Yeah. No but, is it, but is it millions of dollars to do that? I don't think it's going to call you a million dollars. It's thousands of dollars for an individual player. So <laughs> how can that work? How can that work? Um, but I think you have to, some way they got to do it, bro. Because that way now you're going to get more people want to come to your school because you feel like, all right, this school, you know, known for putting people, giving them opportunity to make the league. You just got to find a way to do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. The boosters, or you know, what I'm saying throughout the year, you you're raising money because it ain't too many people at a HBCU on a football team that you like that that dude can play on Sunday. Yeah. You might yeah. have like one or two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You should be able to come up with some money for one. Or but two that's players. what I'm saying that yeah. you don't really know. Like for example, Tyus Howard's a prime example of a player who went the first round, uh, and even though he he went to Alabama's pro day, that's how he was seen. So it wasn't like he was at his own pro day with yeah. people coming there. He went to Alabama pro day, looked at him, he saw his ability and said, man, like this guy's a player. But it was more of a, but there, he wasn't at some type of like high stake uh, training facility and they saw him there either. Right. So it, it it's so hard for us because it's not the, the ability to be able to be seen at a level that some of these other guys are seeing but, the Alabama's. And I get it because that's how it is. I have learned from even kids in high school. It ain't that you're playing AAU. Uh, you you're doing that. That helps. But what you want to do, you want to go to these camps and get your name through camps, mm-hmm. like where the college coaches are at. You don't <clears throat> wait for your high school coach to be like, "Yo, we are gonna get that film." And right. send it. no, you got to make it happen. You got to go. Your mom got to send you when they have like these uh, what you call it camps, like they have might want have one in Vegas. Right. All the top high school players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you might not have a name. And you send your son, I think it might be $500 for the weekend. Yeah, but and if you're from the hood, $500 is a lot. I know, but, <laughs> but but I'm just saying, and that's how a lot of these kids get passed on because they're looking at the kids in front of them, not, oh, this kid playing AU and he been at his high school averaging, probably scored 2,000 points since he's a senior. But right. if you ain't getting in the right people faces to see you, Yep. You're not getting no big time scholarship. Let me ask you, you follow up question. This is it's the kind of it's outside of this, but it's a question that I should have added on here first. Um, so I so look at it like this: Georgia's sign a law that goes in effect this year. Mm-hmm. It's in July, July 2021, and in that law, it states that in that bill, it states that 
the university can receive seventy five percent of your likeness, and if players receive twenty five percent, let me ask you a question: What do you think that's going to happen to Georgia, in the University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, any university in it, and even HBCUs? They ain't going. We're talking about Fort Valley yeah. State, Savannah State, Morehouse. Yeah. What do you think is about to happen? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. My son wouldn't sign that. <laughs> it wasn't cold. Yeah, 75%, I'm getting 25. Like, yeah, no. no. Especially if you're a top, top, top athlete. athlete. No way. If I'm like a Zion Williams, somebody no like that, no. No, sir. No, I'm not doing that. Not at all. So it's supposed to go in effect in yeah, July. That's an L for them. Yeah, bro. nobody's going there. And then now the NCAA got that transfer rule where you can play but immediately. Can yeah, nobody's doing that. Your top I mean, athlete. a transfer, but I mean, just the simple fact that you get paid off your lightness. True, but 25 versus 75? Yeah, no. I'm just telling you what's going to happen. Nah, I mean, not. you know. Unless the NCAA now passed the rule school wide, like like all NCAA, so if you go to another school, you get nothing. But if you play at Georgia or any school in Georgia, twenty five better. No, than the, zero. no, the likeness is is for every university. You no, know I'm saying so. Like, I don't know if the NCAA has passed the rule where the rule is for every university. Well, I know you said the one for Georgia. No, Georgia, the governor the of Georgia. Right, says, hold on, this is telling Georgia create just signed his the governor of Georgia just signed a bill. Georgia Kemp mm-hmm. is his name. Just signed a bill that allows for the universities okay. throughout the state yep. to receive seventy five percent of your likeness. So knowing that the NCA's rule is already it's already proposed and approved by the NCA, so that legacy is going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, one day. We'll it's, no, it's not going to happen one day. It's going to happen like in the next year. Okay, but maybe maybe this year. Maybe right. We'll Some states it was it was proposed in California in twenty twenty three, but the NCA want to get ahead of us. I think it's like this year. Yeah, I know Emory right? is talking about like doing it now. Well, that's why that's yeah. why Master P has, has said about his son that I can get my son a one point two point one point million. Oh no, one point two five million dollar deal while he's at Tennessee State yeah. because to get paid off his likeness because of the fact that that law is supposed to come in like August. Yeah. You're supposed to go through NCAA in August. 25 is, I want all But this is what I'm trying to tell you. They're going to say Georgia, from the state of Georgia and the university, the public universities in Georgia, mm-hmm. the public universities in Georgia, they actually have a bill that states that you're going to have to give us 75% of your 25%. And okay. it just shows it, they're not for the kids. No, I'm not doing 75 I'm just telling you what happened. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, do 75 it, it just shows. The kids got to be like, no, we're not doing that. You want to do 50 50? It's in the bill now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's you, an unfortunate bill. The kids have no. Y'all say ain't heard in about it. this. Yeah, uh, kids have no say in it. But from a standpoint, putting that bill in, it just shows to me you care more about the university. It's a route, bro. Yeah. They, they, they literally saying, yeah, yeah, you, you, you care more about the universities than care about these kids making money. You rather these universities continue to make billions and billions and billions of dollars off these kids, bro. That's when they should go on national that, television. That's why it's they, sad, man. That's why they should go to HBCU. It, it's sad, bro. But that's what I'm just telling you about to happen. It's going to happen this year. Yeah, that sad. bill is already in effect, it, and even that they're proposing, if it happens next year for for a, I mean for um, um, college collegiate sports, the simple fact of the matter is to have that bill, knowing that that the end, of, I mean, I for the college football probably pays by eighty percent of your of your your budget for college sports. Yeah. College football and college basketball is probably eighty percent of the budget. Yeah, that's a lot. Their 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 um their revenue covers eighty percent of that budget of everybody. Yeah. Not baseball, not hockey, <laughs> not anything else. Yeah, I feel you, man. These two sports. They can get the kids a little bit more, man. So go, go ahead and answer the question by HBCUs, bro. So, man, unfortunately, man, it's, it's like out of sight, out of mind. You know, being in the spring, they wasn't eligible. They didn't play in the fall. And I think, you know, Dion, you know, he has the right motives. I think if, if they'd have had that, that uh, the HBCU combine, 
I think that would have gave a lot of players more exposure to be able to be drafted this year. So hopefully going into next year, they're playing in the fall, they get this HBCU combine, and then Eddie George, Deion saying, use these resources to get these these NFL scouts and head coaches to come down to those combines and, and, and come see these players. I think then they'll start seeing some players say, you know what, damn, this kid a player, man, this kid hustle. Man, you know, get more eyes on them. And I think that will help these kids getting drafted. I'm not surprised that they didn't get drafted this year because they didn't play in the fall. And, you know, it's just one of those things, man. If you don't see a person, man, you just forget about them. And, unfortunately, that's what happened. But I think if we can get that HBCU combine, man, I think that'll be huge. And use Dion has to use his influence, man. Eddie Joy has to use his influence. So I have a problem with what you just said. Go ahead. Here's the issue, right? You're you're a um, you're a um, scout. Your job is to find the greatest talent, the best talent out in in sports. Yes. Your job is not to be a a stickler on one university, or a certain university, or a certain league. You should be looking at talent everywhere. Yep. Why can't baseball find talent in Venezuela or or Cuba or any other places? They got people who actually will jump on a boat and and <laughs> migrate to from America to Cuba. I mean, from Cuba to America. Or the Panama, they can find talent everywhere. Yeah. I mean, all the the the, the Venezuelans. Um, I think um, uh, I think it's Acosta. I think it's his last name. My man from um uh, for the Braves. Uh, I can't think of his name now. But Acosta, yeah, it's Acosta. Acosta Junior. Yeah, he's from Villasueva or Acuna, or Acuna uh, Junior. Yeah, this is a Acuna Junior. That's a Acuna, is it? Yeah. okay. Yeah, he's either from Venezuela or um uh, Argentina or from another. I mean. He has a translator. So, therefore, he's not from an English-speaking country. He ain't from Puerto Rico. So, like, <laughs> yeah, he's from like Venezuela or I think it's Argentina, somewhere else like that. So, they can find the talent there, but they can't. The NFL can't go down to True. go down to like HBCUs and, and find that talent. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it don't. But I think, too, bro, it's like I think these scouts, bro, since – so let's say a player didn't play since. So, it was 20 they didn't play. So, now I'm going on tape on 19. Like – you know, but, like, like, yeah, he looked good. Should I draft and give him a chance? You had Janoris Jenkins, right? Yep. Where did he play college at? I have no idea. So he went to the University of Florida first. Okay. Got kicked out. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to tell you where he played at. Yeah. University of North Alabama. You know where that's at? Yeah, no, they, they ended their program, right? What program? North Alabama. Is that what the one ended their program or was, uh, no, the school Roddy White went to. What school he went UAB. to? UAB. Yeah, they program back. They, they got it back. Okay. That's UAB. Yeah. They play D1. But, you know, where does where does UNA at? I would assume Alabama. I'll tell you where it's at. No. Where? It's in Florence, Alabama. You know I know? Where the fuck is Florence? You know, you know I know? You must be close to living to that moment. I used to scout tickets outside that bitch, right? Yeah. True story. Now, that's what I'm saying. They can find him. Why can't you find Snowis Jenkins mm-hmm. at UNA after he got kicked out of school? It's not like UNA was a D2 power, but they they have... Since been okay, not great. But I think like, going to Florida it? does help, though. Does it? I mean, I think it does. I just feel like NFL they need always to make an job. excuse for yeah. trying not go out to receive the the, the greatest talent. Mm-hmm. But they can go, but NLB can go. Anywhere. They anywhere. Go countries. They go to China. They got the kid who can throw. First of all, I guarantee you they're going to find that kid who can throw with his left and right hand. Have you seen that? Yeah, I saw that. Like you see that kid that's throwing through with one level yeah. velocity, the yeah, one hand, they turn around, yeah. switching it through with his left hand with the He'd same type of speed. Soon. I guarantee they'll find him. Yeah. I, I bet they saw that video and said, oh, yeah. where he at? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like, it's just unfortunate. They man. need to do better. 
I just don't like it. They never had to do better, man. I just don't and, like and it. They got to dig deeper, right? Like, they have to dig deeper. And I'm hoping, like you said, you, Dion, and any other cats that want to, you know, be involved with HBCUs, bro, use your leverage and put the pressure on these scouts and yeah. these teams to go down and look at these cats, bro. Yo, at the end of the day, bro, if you got max effort, bro, you could be coached at the NFL yeah. level, though. Yeah. Yo, you could be coached and be drafted, bro. Yeah. Let me, let's jump real quick. Let's jump. We got a guest come on at four. But let's jump. I want to ask quick questions. First of all, Key, this is your team. Give me, give me, give me, give me your, give me a quick answer. What's the chance of winning the Lakers winning the championship this season? Um, 15%. 15%? <laughs> Oof. Well, you have no faith. No, you know why I'm saying that because. Real quick. I don't know if they're going to be healthy. You know what I'm saying? If they healthy, because I, first of all, you know, LeBron now older, bro. Your body don't heal. Your body don't heal as fast as, uh, as, as you do when you're younger. Like, because the playoffs start in, they, for them, the playoffs are going to start like maybe next week because they're going to be in a play-in game. And you playing one game. Like anything can happen in one game. If they're in the, the seventh seed, they play the one game and they win. No, that's what end. I'm saying. They're going to be in the seventh seed. Yeah, I'm saying. So you don't have to play two games if you're in the eighth spot. But right. So I don't know how they go. So so they will play right now. They will play Golden State. They will play Golden State. Is that a one game or two game? If they're the seventh seed, it's a one game. Situation. Right. So you win, you win. You tell Golden State can have a step and somebody get hot. Yeah. Anything can happen in one game. Yeah, I you know what I'm saying? It's like football. It's not the best of five or best of three. It's yeah. one game. I wouldn't want to play the motherfuckers. So that's what I'm saying. So we don't know how LeBron gonna come back. AD, he's up and down. So I don't, I don't, I think they out second round if they get out the play in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it, gonna be tough. Yeah. It's looking bleak. If I'm them. I have no problem playing in the play-in if you, if you got Brian and AD back and Schroeder back because you want to avoid the Clippers. Like, they don't want to play, get that six seed and play the Clippers. Y'all want to avoid us now? That's what y'all trying to say? Y'all want to avoid us? Did that boy say us? He said us. Y'all want to avoid us, Okay, I ain't know it was an us situation here, though. Y'all want to avoid us, man? Okay, yeah, so they need to avoid the Clippers. I think I like them against the Suns. Young team. Chris Paul really is the engine. Chris Paul the engine, bro. But you can, you can, you can, I think you can put pressure on Chris Paul to make him not be so effective, right? But I, that's a better matchup than the Clippers if I'm the Lakers. Like, I would have no problem in the seventh seed. I do not want to face the Clippers in the round one. Because if you face the Clippers in the round one, you're going home. I don't care if AD, Brian, there or not. They just got too much for him. It's a bad matchup. Um, but, yeah, that I give it about a... 40% chance. They just got to get back and play some games, bro. That's that's the main thing. They're not playing. So, Key, what do you think about, real quick, the uh, the Nets' struggles? I think right now, the, you got to worry about Kent. My thing is, that, are they going to be healthy? Because we know what, if all three of them healthy, it is. It, it, we know what it is. So, the, the, the concerns for the Nets, not that they're struggling right now. Can they... Big three stay healthy all the way through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because if they healthy, I don't see nobody beating them. Yeah. But my concern is not they struggling because James Harden just make the offense easy for everybody because he's a two-point guard. Yeah. You know, you can't double. You can double if it's just Kyrie and whoever, or it's James Harden and Kevin, or it's, you can double-team somebody. But when you got all three of them on the floor, it's tough, it's tough to double somebody. So my concern, if you are a, a, a Brooklyn Nets fan, can they – Stay healthy, cause James is gonna come back. We all know that. 
but can they stay healthy throughout the whole run of the playoffs? Yeah. That's the only concern would be. Yeah, I think they struggle, bro. It's one of those things, but you, you know, you see the playoffs coming, man. You just it's the grind, bro. You playing every other day, like it's, it's tough right now, and I think they just going through the motions. They're just ready for the playoffs to start. So I, I don't really put too much into their struggles. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think the same thing, man. I think we gotta. I think we all. In the same, I, I don't know. The net struggles are are interesting because I don't. It's like with Harden. If Harden comes healthy, matter of fact, I remember texting somebody saying that hey, they need Harden. Somebody said, told me no, they don't need Harden. I remember who it was. I'm not gonna actually say his name. No, I said I, said. I said in the East they would still yeah. come out the East, but not nah, win the. They can't win. I don't think they can win the I East. Think, I hard, think they, it would be it would be hard. I would think it would, it would go every team they would have a problem with. Philly can give them a matchup problem. Yeah, it will be hard. And I think Milwaukee would be a big challenge. It would be hard, but I still it'll be a big I still, challenge. I still would like their chances come out the East, but winning beating the Clippers with just. Two of them, it I don't wouldn't happen. I mean, I think they have a problem with the Clippers, the Suns, even the Jazz at times. I don't know about the Suns and Jazz. I just feel like I, I feel like this without Harden, they're not winning the championship. Without oh, Harden, yeah. I'm not gonna think they're gonna win the East. I think they'll win the East, but I think they the can be beat very easily without Harden in the East. Yeah, I, I, I just see the matchup because in the because to me, Ben Simmons, and then then they're gonna build a wall around Giannis. They they didn't just play him man to man. They weren't even throwing no type of defense. But here's the problem. You saying that, but they normally put KD at the four. And it wouldn't be by KD. It'd be by that wall. Like we not I don't, Giannis I think one on one. Here's the thing. I don't think the yet with the wall would help this year. I think it would. I don't think it will, man. I think I think the I think the problems you're gonna have is they always problem with with the Bucks, they never have production at the point guard. So now they have production at the point guard, it's more or less on that's gonna be an issue. So I just feel like that can be an issue in half, but we'll see, man. We'll see. We got we, we got a guest here, man. He's he's got us on um on uh what's that? I'm about to tell him, hey man, I'm about to ask you on mute, bro. Bro. So we can get so we can get this going. Get him in here. There you go. There you go. He got the the campaign banner. I see you, player. Yeah, he he's doing his thing, man. He's doing his thing. Man. You trying to get the shirt buttoned up? Come on, dog. Get fresh out here, man. <laughs> can you hear us, bro? He's trying to get fresh out here in these streets, I bro. I can't hear him. Just one second. Yeah, he kept trying to get fresh out here, bro. I see you, dog. He's trying yeah, to get he's trying to get fresh out here, bro. I see the banner. Yeah, how you, man? How you doing today, bro? You can hear him? It's all the way up. Yeah, everything good? Yep. Yeah, James don't know what he's doing. But hold he's on, doing. man. Yeah, hold on for one second, bro. I'm trying to get the sound up for you because we can barely hear you, man. Yeah, he's not technology savvy, man. Must I don't be, know about all that, man. You I know just, what it is? Kev, I know what it is, bro. Bro, this dude. It must be an Alabama it? State thing, bro. It must not be, bro. Like, that's, I, I truly believe that's what it is. But you, Kev, you see that hat, bro? This young kid with Hold the grandma. Let me get the, let me get the camera on you, though, so you can about. see the, the mecca of what's going on. You see that, Kev? Yeah, you got to yeah, cut that down, bro. Kev, you see that? Grambling State University, baby. Respect it or check it. Respect it or check it, Kevin. We'll get it together. Yeah, it's all good, bro. We got a key in the building. How's the family? Yeah. 
I hear you got like a superstar daughter playing ball. She's she not well. There we go. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we got you now. Can you hear us now, man? Okay. Yeah, we, we, we got you now, man. I think so. Yep. Took a little second to get the sound together. Ah, uh, man. Must be Alabama State. Thing. I'm truly, truly sold on this, bro. Nah, man. It's just... Technology, man. Sometimes it's just not a person's thing, you know? Nah, it's... There we go. Can you hear us now? I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, we, there we and go. I'm going to try to move to a different area, too. You know what I mean? nah, you, you good, bro. You got bad. You. Uh, I don't have that many bars right here where I'm at. You got so let me try to move. Internet? That may help. Okay, so we about to start it up right now, my brother. I'll get somewhere. I'm, I'm like, I would park in the area with the least amount of bars. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. There we go. We cranking up. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah. up. Now we ready. We ready. We ready. We got you. Hey, Scooter. Nah, he, so, so he has a uh, hybrid. <laughs> That's what that, that yeah. ding, ding, ding is? Yeah. Right, he has a hybrid, man. So he, cracks, you know, he pulled up on me one day. First of all, he drives his hybrid super reckless, right? I can't hear you, James. You can't hear me? You muted. <laughs> yeah, you got that. What you that 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 uh, slow car or something? I hear the beeping. Like the old people. I got. It. I drive a Prius, man. He drives a Prius. Yeah, he has a hybrid. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, I drive a Prius, man. I'm 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 a modest a modest politician. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, Tell man. your campaign to the the to bump you up to at least a Honda Accord, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm over here. I'm just. Trying to make a difference. <laughs> Look, we, we definitely thank you for trying to make that difference, brother. All right, man. So let's get this started, bro. Let me get this started, man. So first and foremost, right. man, I want to take a moment to introduce one of my homies, bro. One of my one of my friends from way back. We go back to the Alabama State days. He's out yes, here sir. doing great things. I mean, building up the community, doing great things. He's a father, the minister, runs his own AAU program, man. So I'm going to give a special shout out for my boy, Kevin Harris, man. Welcome to the Argon Brothers podcast, brother. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> good, to good to be here. I appreciate you guys allowing me to, you know, get on your platform. Yeah, you sound trying to sound modest, but you don't normally sound, try to sound like this. <laughs> you know, we don't try to do that, man. So, yo, it's a, but it's a pleasure to have you, man. So, first and foremost, man, I want to talk about just, I mean, just jumping in and just and explaining to everybody who Kevin Harris is and, um, and what you got going on right now. So uh, I am, a, like you said, I'm a father. Uh, been married 17 years. Live with my wife and family over in Old Town. I'm a minister as well uh, at the Love of Christ Church over in Alexandria and Delray. I'm also a small business owner. Like what you were talking about, I run a company called Hoop Life and uh, characterize it as a basketball services company because we pretty much do everything in reference to, you know, uh, we do basketball camps, after school programs, we have teams, uh, we have a, 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 a sports media program, just pretty much anything that's connected with basketball, we do we run events, leagues, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and also, I'm a community organizer, uh, which is kind of some of the things that kind of got me into running for office and doing those sort of things. I was uh, born in D.C., you know, uh, but, uh, you, you know, my mom sent me over to Alexandria to live with my uncle. 
when I was in like elementary. So I was always transitioning back and forth between Alexandria and DC, you know, normal single mother, working class type of situation. Uh, dad not around. So she sent me to live with my uncle to kind of keep me out of trouble, keep me on the right track, which was helpful because here I am today doing what I'm doing uh, and didn't get caught up in a lot of the traps that get so many of us when we're young, when you grow up in an inner city situation. So uh, thankful for that. But, uh, you know, just, I'm just, you know, somebody who's real passionate about helping people. Most of my life has been spent in service, you know, whether it's in church, whether it's running my business, it was, my business came out of a desire to help kids get better at basketball, to be uh, a mentor to them. Uh, so many young men I've been able to help uh, in basketball, but even outside of basketball, because, you know, when you, when you conduct business and you're doing these things, people become your family. And now with like all the community organizing things that I've been doing just to kind of try to try to help build up our community, in particular, uh, working class people, minorities, particularly the African-American community uh, and, uh, you know, low income individuals as well. So because, you know, most of the time, everyone else has a lot of advocates, but it's that class of people that really lack advocacy and people to really stand up and be willing to lead and speak up on your behalf, right, you know, right. I'm just not things to say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it could, it could create, it could cause a, the room to get uncomfortable if you, you start telling the truth. So, I want to tell us, no, this is a, you're a big DC guy. I mean, this, this guy is one of the biggest homers I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything home, this dude is like, I know he doesn't even watch baseball and he used to be like, <laughs> <laughs> he used to be like, we're the champs. And I'm just like, bro, like, baby you don't, shark, baby, you don't baby even know, shark. You really know what's going on. So he's a, a big homer and he represents very well. So, man, I want to make sure everybody know that first and foremost, man. But Absolutely. just talk, talk real quick about just some of your firm, famous, your favorite moments of just growing up just growing up in D.C. and being in this area. Uh, Well, probably just the memories I have of just being with my mom. You know, walking around sometimes when I drive back through the city, you know, going to elementary school, uh, hanging out with my friends, just just the life lessons, really the things that I learned. It's more it's more nostalgic, you know, in terms of just thinking about also where we've come from, you know. And for me, being a person that grew up without much, I always tell people because people are always like, man, what part of D.C. are you from? And I'm always like, I'm from everywhere, man, because when you broke, you move a lot. (laughs) Now that makes you know, sense, you know, because I've asked you that. Like, man, where are you really from DC? And you'd be like, man. We never like, had a stable place. So I, I lived you know. over. I've lived in every quadrant of the city. And uh I've lived in, in a whole bunch of different areas in each quadrant. And again, like I was over here in Alexandria as well. So I was all over the place. But in particular in Alexandria, I would think probably my fondest memories are just going, you know, being going to the pool or playing in the rec league in basketball, uh stuff like that, man. So yeah, man. So just talk to us about some of the experiences that you, so you got the experience of going to PWI and going to HBCU. So talk to us about those experiences of attending both of them. Uh, HBCU, PWI, refer, let me get that. You were the choice state. Right, you went to Troy State. State for your freshman year. <laughs> oh, okay, you okay. The, you transferred the, matter of fact, I did not know you went to Wallace. I did not know you went yeah. to Wallace, which is in Hansville, which is like, that's in the middle of nowhere. Like that yeah. is like that's in the middle of nowhere. Like the first of all, y'all don't know Wallace is one of the most racist areas in the state of Alabama. So the fact, it's really, like, yeah, it's outside of Moden. It's out Moden, and uh, I would never went to Wallace. 
Like I wouldn't. You can pay me to go to Wallace. Could have been like, <laughs> my mom could be like, you gotta go to Wallace. But like, nah, I'm I'm just good. Yeah. So she went. He went nah. to Troy State. Then you went to you went to you went to Troy State and transferred to Wallace. Then you went to Belmont State. So just talk yes. about those experiences. So uh, going to Troy State, what going there first out of high school, it was a little bit weird because I'd never been. That was my first experience ever coming to Alabama. You know, I'm from like these the DMV. You know, what I mean DC, Maryland, Virginia, DC mainly a lot of times. Uh, and going to, I didn't know what, I didn't know what to expect going to Alabama. I remember being on the, cause I had put the Greyhound down there and I remember going there and like, I didn't know what I was getting into, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect when we got there. It was, uh, it was different, man. You know, but the problem with like Troy state is it, it's like a commuter school. So it really doesn't have any real campus life, man. You know what I mean? Like it was just, the kids were. They lived nearby, so they were always leaving after school. So they tried to have a campus life with the movies and all that kind of stuff. But it was whack, man. Like, I ain't gonna lie. It was it wasn't it wasn't really it wasn't a lot of fun uh at all. And then that was like I went down there, I was supposed to have a basketball scholarship, uh, and they ended up uh I ended up having to just walk on. So I walked on, made the team clearly, uh, because they told me to come. Uh, and that's what made me transfer to Lurley and B. Wallace because the school wasn't trying to do what they said they were going to do in terms of giving me a scholarship. So I left, uh, went to Lurley and B. Wallace for a year in, uh, in Andalusia. Uh, that was a great experience, man. Andalusia. Uh, we that's did Andalusia. Oh, no way out of with that. Oh, <laughs> oh, I never even heard of that man, one, though. No way out of with that thing, man. So you definitely wanted to play ball. Nah, man, I went there, man. It was cool, though, man. I mean, like, I went to a, I went to a tryout. Wasn't really a tryout. It was a workout. He had me come play pickup with him. I played like one game, and he gave me the scholarship papers. Like, right. yo, you want to come on? So I went, uh, and you know that was cool though because you know we didn't have dorms, so we had like our own townhomes and stuff. So that was real cool though. You know what I mean? Because we got a chance to cook our food. We had work study. It was it was cool. You really felt more independent, you know. Uh, and then leaving there, so I left there and got a scholarship to Alabama State, which was. <laughs> best experience out of all of them because it had a real campus. It was more like real college, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and the whole, it just raised my level of awareness of being a black man, uh, the history of our culture. It just gave me more pride in being who I was, you know, uh, because, you know, I went to a predominantly white high school. I went to a prep school, a, a Mercersburg Academy, you know, and so I remember one of my teachers when I was in middle school when he knew I was going to Mercersburg, he told me, he was like, man, you need to make sure you go to an HBCU after you go there. And like, when I was young, I kind of shrugged it off because I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't, I, it, didn't, it didn't register to me what he was, what did he mean? But like, in hindsight, when I look back, I think about, now I know what he was saying because after going to Mercysburg, going to uh, Lurley and B. Wallace, clearly, and going to Troy State, you can begin to lose sight of like, your, your you know, just the struggle and the culture and all the things that are going on. <clears throat> and then when I went to Alabama state, it kind of like woke me back up a little bit. You know what I mean? Because it was like, because you can kind of almost get in a bubble and forget about what other people are going through because you kind of feel accepted. You know what I mean? Like, cause in my prep school, it was all like really, really wealthy kids. I mean, we had like the president of Ecuador's daughter there, <laughs> you know what I mean? My roommate parents own gibbles and Martin's potato rolls. You know what I mean? So it was like, these yeah, are like that people. Is, bro. Right. I got you. It sounds sound rich. It sounds something. It sounds sound rich. It sounds fluid. 
Yeah, so like, but you there and you interacting and it's all good. But it was a good experience going to those places too because it made me comfortable around everybody. You get what I'm saying? Like, I just understood that people were people, you know. So I and that that actually has helped me out of doing what I'm doing now because I don't feel comfortable uncomfortable around anybody. I don't even feel the need. You know, you just sometimes people feel the need to change who they are when they get around certain groups of people. But I don't feel that. I just I'm, I'm I am who I am, and you know I respect everybody's culture, but I also I know who I am and. And 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 then it doesn't call for me to change anything. So, yes. So uh, another question is Keon. I hope okay, I yeah. your coach name right. But uh, how were your experience playing down the coach? Uh, what is it, Ivy? It's Ivy. That's right. Ivy. Ivy. Yeah. It was cool, man. Uh, coach Five was a defensive guy, you know, uh, and uh, we won. You know, what I'm saying, like, we went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, so he was a good coach. He wasn't really an offensive dude. I don't, I don't really see that. It was more so like our offense was more geared towards getting the ball inside to my man Jook, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and getting him the ball to Tyrone Levitt, clearly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So everything was predicated upon them. And me, it didn't really, the style of play didn't really suit me because, I, you know, it was more so just running the offense. That's kind of all they wanted you to do. And me, I had come from, like, when I was at Lurling B. Wallace, I was a score, you know, I was averaging, like, 20 points a game and all that kind of stuff. So I was somebody who was, like, you know, the coach kind of opened it up for me and can pretty much let me run the team and do what I wanted to do and take shots. But, like, Alabama State, it was like, uh, no, pass it. Set up the, you know, set up the big guy. But, you know, you can't argue with success, though. So, you know, it was probably just my immaturity in terms of understanding. We won, so I, I, can't, I can't speak to speak bad on it. <laughs> then, he, he, then, let, he let Malcolm shoot. He let Malcolm shoot. What, what, what you mean? He let Malcolm shoot. Yeah, but it was, you don't understand. Like, it was a little bit more reluctance. And Malcolm was in a different situation because also, like, you got to understand, T-Bird had left and I yeah. got hurt. So yeah. it wasn't really any more options. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. he was going to let me. He pretty much, like, that first year, my uh, junior year, mm-hmm. like, Malcolm was struggling, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, it was a little bit of some problems a little bit. Like, they were giving him a hard time a little bit, you know what I mean? But it, but then when I got hurt, it wasn't it wasn't any, I mean, you couldn't, hard time for what? You know what I mean? He was going to pretty much do what he wanted, you know what I mean? So, but, you know, he, he got off. He did good, so. So so my thing with that, right, Coach, uh, me, I, that type of coaching is good if you're winning, right? But it can play with your psyche, right? Because you're saying, damn, should I take this shot? Did you ever go through those moments? Like, I know I, I'm open. Should I go get yeah. the grain? Because, you know, I done had a coach like, yeah, you know, don't don't shoot. Do it. And I was like, yo, I'm Yeah, it was a maturing process. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to prove to you I can make those shots, even just coaching kids. I don't. That's for me. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, huh? And I say, for me, I coach too. So, for me, even coaching kids, I try not to tell. Yeah, run the system. But if you got an open shot, take it. Because an open shot is better than trying to get to a play that you might create a turnover because you're trying to force something. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I mean, I always tell kids that I coach now that, you know, we run an offense to score. So if you can score, forget the offense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Go ahead, right. score, bro. Right. Buckets, like, bro. The goal of all this is to get the ball right. in the hole. That's the main but goal. <laughs> just put it in the hole, you know what I mean? But every coach is different. And it, and it, and it's helped me with my daughter uh, in terms of just understanding, like, dealing and explaining to her it, you know, and it it was a growth experience for me because I fought it against the grain a little bit, mm-hmm. and it kind of it cost me. And, it, and like it caused me to get on the bench sometimes, a lot of times, because I just was like 
I remember one time specifically, and and I shouldn't have did this, but I did it anyway. But it, it hurt me in the end. So we were like, we were in like, I forgot, we were in like uh, Minnesota or something, and the coach drew up a play, and it was like fourth quarter. He drew up the play for me to throw it to Tyrone, and in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm shooting this job. <laughs> so play come. They Tyrone do whatever. He was open and everything. I still shot that jump. But they were, I mean, he was heated when we went back inside. But, you know, if, if it would have went in, it would have been all good. Yeah, if it made it, it'd have been all good. Like, bad <laughs> shot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They work out. So he was like, yo. But for me, it's like just learning and understanding that balance now as an adult. I think about it and like, man, you got to be a team player. You got to understand all that. It's not necessarily always about you. And And if I really wanted to get along with it, I should have just, which is what I started doing. But at that point in time, I tore my Achilles because I just went ahead and gave into it. Like, you know what? I'm going to just run their offense. And they was happy. They was like, oh, my God. I, you know, my playing time went up because I was just doing what they wanted. I was like, okay, all y'all want me to do is run this offense, whatever. But then I tore my Achilles, and then it didn't matter no more. At that point, it was just my whole junior year was done, done after five games. So Listen, Sam shot the ball. What you talking about, man? Yeah, Sam yeah. Shot <laughs> Sam shot the ball, man. And, I, and Sam told me he didn't care. Yeah, it's just a little different, man. I'm I'm just telling you, man. It it, it wasn't the same. I think over the them years when I played is the is those first couple years with T Bird and all those yeah, guys. Man, yeah, T Bird and shot the ball all the time. Yeah, and then you gotta understand there were also things happening behind the scenes that you guys don't want, you guys don't know about, you know what I mean? I ain't going to air on, on here, but. <laughs> it's T-Bird. It, so, no, what, listen, it's 20 years later. You might as well air it now. Like, what is it? Nah, it's bro, almost nah, 20 nah, years bro. later. What is, what's going on that you got to hold in is 20 years later? Who going to find man, out right now, man? You, you know, we going to, is going to put this out. You there, ever but. saw that movie, The Irishman? <laughs> yes, I remember The Irishman. He, at, at 90 years old, he was like, yeah, I don't remember. I don't know there what you happened. Go. <laughs> That's me right there, bro. Like I'm like, yo, it's 20 years later. Who matters? Like, I think T Bird. I don't know what T Bird got these days. And uh, who was that? Who yeah, was that cat Jackson. Yeah, T Bird. Like, work. He's like the head of the uh, YMCA or something down here in Alabama or something like that. He's doing oh, okay. well. Okay, you know okay. what I mean? Uh, so yeah, but now nah, it's it's all love, man. It worked out, man. And and all, I still got a chance to like play professional basketball and do all that. So it ain't matter. It's all love. Well, talk a little bit before you get to the, until we get to the professional basketball aspect of um, your career. Talk a little bit about that time you guys went to the tournament and played against Michigan state. Y'all were up in the first half, by the way. They like, talk yeah. about that and talk about that experience. Would you, I know you, you say you got injured. Was that that team? Was that the junior season team or the senior? Yeah. Year? Yeah. 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 That was, uh, yeah, that was my junior season. Uh, it was, it was cool, man. It was a, it was a great experience, man, because we had the opportunity, you know, it was the first time it had ever happened. Yeah, you know what I mean? Your 16 seed was up in the first yeah. half. First time. Matter of fact, that was my, it wasn't my junior year. That was my sophomore year. Okay. I got her my junior year. So my sophomore year, uh, but they, you know, man, it was just cool, man. Cause it was the first time it ever happened. So the school was buzzing and everybody was excited and, and, you know, it's a dream, you know, I mean, you can go to like a major Division One school and never go to the NCAA tournament. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to have the opportunity to do that is a blessing, and not that many people really get a chance to do it. And especially, you know, you at an HBCU, and uh, I remember us uh, when they were doing the uh, when they, you know, when they do the seeding, and that was the first year they had opened up that play-in game, and it was like almost like we could have we could have ended up in playing, you know, because we HBCU, you know, but we ended up not having having to do a, a play in game, which was awesome, you know what I mean? Which meant we got straight to the tournament, 
and I just remember like being there in Memphis, man, and all the stuff that was going on around, you know what I mean? And just the buzz, all of the media, everybody being around. It, it was an awesome time. And also our, our stipend went up, our meal money. So that was happy. <laughs> <laughs> Good, Did you think you're going to win that game when you guys was up like that? Did you think like, yo, I think we're going to beat Michigan State? That was that like was Jay like, Richardson. Richardson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it was, it was, you, it was hopeful, but it wasn't like we weren't up that much. You know what I'm saying? So you was hopeful and you believed it, but you know, you just never know, man. But it, it was a good game, and it, you know, it was like one of those, like I guess you say, moral victories. You know, to just be in it and get to that place and do all of those sort of things. It was an awesome experience, man. I mean, it, you know, and it's one of those things you always remember. You know, I still got all the clippings and all that kind of stuff. I ring and watch and all the stuff they give you at the NCAA tournament which is cool, you know, so. All right, cool, man. So talk to us about that everyday grind of playing in the CBA. You know, we hear a lot of talk about it ain't the NBA, like you live it back <laughs> in college. So talk to us about that grind. How was it? Man, it's just being on them vans, man. And I- I'm going to tell you what, like playing in the CBA made me realize, like, it was my first experience at, because up until that point in time, I had always looked at basketball as like fun and something to just do. Like I did, it did never register. Like that's a lesson that I teach my daughter. Now I'm like, you have to be a professional, you know, like you don't wait till you somebody give you a contract to be a professional. You got to be a professional now. And what means, and what being a professional means is like prepping yourself, whether you feel like it or not, you do it. Uh, uh, you know, just always being in a mindset of readiness, and even dealing with, you know, difficult situations. But for me, I had always looked at basketball like fun, 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 fun. But being in the CBA was the first time somebody referred to it as a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was like it registered. And like the guys who were there, it made me have to make a decision with basketball because it was guys on there who were like 40 and 38. And they were still like chasing a dream. And I remember being on there like, man, it ain't no way I want to be still doing this at this age. Like, I can't make it to the league. Cause I always did it. I just did it because I wanted to play in the NBA. That was my only goal, you know? And so I was like, man, listen, I'm not doing all this stuff, man. But it was guys on there and they were talking about getting a check and they were like basically doing it to get money. And I'm like, if you want to get money, why are you here? Like, <laughs> like this ain't going, you know, this ain't making a lot of money, bro. Going from like one country to the next in this CBA team to the other. It was, you know, so, so it just, it just woke me up and made me kind of almost give myself a real timeline. And, and draw a line in the sand in terms of how long I was going to pursue it and what was my exit plan and, and what was my exit point, you know, so. Hey, let me ask a quick, quick, quick question. Let me follow up on that one. How close yeah. was you reaching that NBA dream? So I tried out with the Wizards, man. So, you know, I went down there. I tried out like two years in a row. So I got workouts going down there. And what you realize when you play and this was kind of it was a it was a disappointment but it was also a reality check it is what it is but you know you always think because I had I had never really played against any NBA players for real for real so I played against good players and so you have a perception of what an NBA player is like at the time it was Gilbert Arenas, Karan Butler, uh, uh, Antoine Jameson they were all on the Wizards and so going down there I remember thinking like I ain't know, you know, I, I was like, I ain't know how, but I realized, I was like, yo, I mean, they were good, but I, what I learned is it's like, there's different levels of NBA players, right? So I look at like the, 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 like, say for instance, somebody like Deshaun Stevens, 
he's just like, to me, playing against guys like that is like playing against a good pickup game. Like, I don't know if you ever went somewhere and the guys who was playing pickup were really good. They were just like regular. But like Gilbert Arenas was like oh, world. supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was almost he like... He was on you know, fire, you boy. When Gilbert yeah, was rolling. Like, good defense. And he still makes the shot. You know, and it was like, nobody looked at it like crazy. It was like, good D. You know what I'm saying? But... But being down there and you playing and you're doing well, in, that, in my mind, I had always thought, oh, you just got to do good, you know, and you're going to make it. But it's not like that. It's not that simple in the NBA. There's a lot of other things that go into play. And so, I, I again, I got to wake into behind the stage of professional basketball, how political it can get, and how there's so many other things that, that comes into play other than just being good enough, you know. So, I mean, they were like, yo, you you an NBA player. You're good enough to play in the NBA, but we ain't, we can't take you. You know what I mean? That, that was kind of like the reception of it. And so for me, wanting to just play in the NBA and I could have went overseas and did some other stuff, I just decided, and I could have even went to the G League because at that point in time, it was actually the D League. It had started up, but I just said, man, forget it. I, I have more longevity in doing what I'm doing now, which is, that's when I started my business and doing all of those sort of things. I just kind of, I just gave up on it. I was like, well, let me, let me just stop, man. Cause it's, it's, and I had my, my wife was pregnant at the time. I was like, nah, it's decision time. So I just kind of yeah. hung those up. So. So, um, what, uh, separate, uh, you know what I'm saying? Hoop life from, uh, from, um, no, actually what made you start hoop life? Well, what made me start it was, it's funny, right? So I'd always, me as a player, I, I'd always put a lot of time into prepping myself and getting better at basketball. So when I was, when I used to be working out at home, not at home and literally in the house, but, you know, like in the, going to the YMCA and different places like that and I'd be working out, people would walk up to me and always, and they would see me playing pickup games and do stuff like that. So people would always walk up to me and ask me to train them. Like, cause they would see how well I played, and they would be like, "Man, show me how to do this. Show me how to do that." And and then man, one day, to, I, man, they lied to you, bro. Like, stop, <laughs> no. stop trying to like stop, stop trying to. Nah, I mean, if stop people trying to make ball like, like that, dog. Stop trying to bring that no. up, man. Like, stop trying to make it seem like they came to you, yeah, like you was Jesus, Kevin, like you a black Jesus on the court, man. <laughs> like you was like you was getting it, dog. Get out of here Listen. with that one. <laughs> Listen, bro. Facts is facts. I ain't, I can't. I mean, I'm telling you the truth. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, you it might is be what it is. So, so, man. Nah, I'm so, not. <laughs> bro, you know how I many people be playing pick up ball that's balling? Nah, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, dog. I, 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 they have it. I, I wasn't there. I don't no, know. That, that, look, that's real stuff. That's real rap. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm. I wouldn't tell you no dream. I'm telling you. I'm telling you facts. So people would come up to me, man, and when I would be working out, especially because you know, like. You know, your average hooper, man, they, they don't, you know, they don't, it's a lot of stuff people don't know, man. They just don't know. And they see you playing and they like, I ain't saying like NBA players is walking up to me. I'm talking about like regular average Joe Hoopers and then people with children. They had children as well. So it was dudes who I would play against. They had kids and they'd be like, yo, will you show them something or whatever? And at first when me working out, because I was still playing and doing stuff, I used to shrug it off. I'd be like, nah, man, I'm, I'm trying to do this. But then people started saying, I'll pay you. Like, I remember this lady came in a Y. And she was looking for somebody to train her son. And they sent her to me. I ain't work for the Y, but I used to work out in there all the time. And so she was like, yo, I'll pay you. And I was like, for real? Like, it didn't even, <laughs> like, the concept of getting paid to show somebody how to bas- play basketball wasn't even something I even thought of. I didn't think that was something that people would do, for real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I ain't never paid nobody to teach me, you know. But 
people was willing to do it. And I mean, it's probably where I was at. I was in Alexandria. You know, it's a, a high, you know, uh, you know, people, the AMI here is like $130,000 per household or something, you know. So, but it was one of those things. So people asked me and I was like, all right, I started doing it. And then, you know, I remember the first person, I remember the lady, it was a real wealthy lady too. And she, she asked me that with her son. And I was like, all right. And so she was like, well, how much do you want to charge? And me, I mean, this is real funny because like, I don't charge nothing like that now. This is a private training. And I was like, $20, I guess 20, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like, what's funny is her reaction. She was like, oh, I'll pay you way more than that. And then another light bulb went off. <laughs> I'm like, for real? You know, so it's one of those things, man. So that's what kind of got me going. Uh, and then I just, from there, I just started actually trying to promote it and do it. And it grew. And I worked with so many players and they did well. And and then it just kind of like ballooned from there, snowballed from there. So. All right, bro. So let's, let's talk about, you already died in the hoop life. What, what is it about what you do? And what does Hooplight offer to separate you from the other AAU organization in this area? You know, there's a lot of them here. There's a yeah. lot of them here. I and mean, it's a lot yeah. of talent in D.C. too, in the D.C. area. Yeah. What, what, you yeah. do, what, you, what, what are you doing currently and what have you done, right, that separates you from the rest of these organizations? Well, my biggest niche is development, man. Like, most of these AAU teams, man, and most of them in the area, they are – they just, they're just looking for the best players. You get what I'm saying? Like, they're not really, de- I mean, you get development from playing with them, but you're not getting developed, like, in terms of, like, some of the kids I take, they would probably wouldn't even make their teams. They would probably look over them. But most of the time, after I get done with the kids who are part of my program, then they're coming and try to, like, poach the kids. You know what I'm saying? Because I work with them and help them become better. So that would probably be my niche. Like, you always see on my Instagram page, I always say, we don't chase talent, we develop it. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, my thing is never like trying to find the best player. I'm not, even with training, like I'm not looking for Kevin Durant and just passing the ball and take pictures with him. You know what I mean? Like everybody that you see that I work with and that I show, they'll all come back to me and be like, man, I wouldn't be playing nowhere near like this if it wasn't for, for, for Coach Kevin or Hoop Life or whatever. It's because I made a real impact. Like they weren't nowhere near as good as they are now. You know what I mean? So that's, to me, that's what separates me because I focus on developing players. Like I, I look at a kid and I don't see what they are. I see what they could be. I'm like, cause I, I have the confidence to know that if we work with them, they're going to get better. And I've seen it happen so many times. Like even my daughter, for instance, like my daughter wasn't no, like if you talk to people who was at basketball camp with her when she was like in elementary, like they would be like, and if you go to my Instagram page some of the time or in Facebook, when I post videos, you'll see some people go, Man, I can't believe <laughs> she that good. You know what I mean? They like now. Nah, remember she a terror now. They like that. She may be better than you right now. Hey, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what so, have been some know, of the challenges for starting Hoop Life? You know, starting a business. Um, you know, just like I said, separating yourself from everybody that's in this DMV area. Like, what were some of the challenges? Well, I mean. I would I would probably say more so challenges are more so on the on the like business management side, just the business side of it. You get what I'm saying? Like the whole marketing and advertising, and you know, I mean that's easy. You know, training kids is easy. Get there's so many kids in this area, so many people that want to play basketball. I mean, I know guys who aren't even don't even really have playing histories who ain't never did, you know, and they got 20 kids a day. <laughs> 
<laughs> that they messing up their game. <laughs> Bro, I see. You know, I, so. I see Kevin trading grown men. I, exactly. I, I actually, like like men that are like uh, close to my age. I was like, bro, how old is he? You didn't Older, tell me, bro. but I was like, why is he playing? Back? Why is he training him at this age? So nah, I, I can understand that logic. No, it is, man. It's a lot of I get like like you saying. I get adults, professionals, man, guys who just like you know they. I mean, like because they never learn how to play, so they're like, yo, man, I you know I nobody never teach me how to shoot, and they got the the discretionary income. To do it, you know, we in an area, you know, people make money around here, you know, so it's like they got extra dollars, man. They like, yo, let me let me spend it. You know, that's nothing. Let me spend four hundred dollars or whatever to get this basketball training. It's no different than hiring a personal trainer to teach you how to, you know, lift weights and get in shape. You know, it's just basketball. So same thing. Yeah, but you ain't going to the NBA by hiring somebody you and your forties. <laughs> like, nah, bro. Like but a lot of my hobby though. <laughs> but that's the thing. A lot of them, they're not trying to play in the NBA, man. They just, they just, I mean, and I, and that's, and that's not something I try to promote to tell people, Hey man, you going to the league. Nah, they just want to get better at basketball and they get better. So they happy. They, they happy with the results because they, I taught them how to shoot. They learn things that they didn't know before. They go and play pickup games. They play better. They ain't last pick no more. They happy. You know, that's a win for them. <laughs> I feel you, bro. So what did you uh so what do you think about the uh hiring of Mo Williams for uh ASU? I think that was good, man. I think it was good. I mean, I feel bad my man Lou Jack ain't did no No, you don't. no, no, you don't. No, no, you don't. Don't, don't try to be on something like yeah. you feel bad for Lou. No, that dude had five losing seasons in a row. Uh, man, that's the time to go. Listen, I was Look, on the I, feel- I was on the marching band of getting Lou out. Nah, bro. Nah, never, never. That's my guy. You I wasn't like on it. I was on it. I made the I phone know. calls. I said, nah, man, you gotta man. go. Nah, man, that's my guy, man. I love Lou Jack, man. That could be your best friend. You ride for your people. Though, shout out, man. shout out to Lou Jack if you're listening. <laughs> Lou Jack, my, suck, shout out to Lou Jack. I say, hey, man, it's time for you to go, bro. But you, nah, he went dude, on his own bro. merit. Nah, no, it's all good. It's all good. But get you know, speaking of Modo, Mo, that's good, man. That's a good step. I mean, he's a guy who played in the NBA. Clearly, that's gonna be attractive. You already got the one kid who transferred in. So, and he's young, you know what I mean? He can relate to the generation. Uh, you know, and, and he's a name that people know. And he, he played not too far. He played at Alabama, University of Alabama. So, you know, it's it's good, man. I think it's love. I mean, I'm excited to see. Where things, it's unfortunate, you know, the pandemic hit, you know, right when he's first getting started. So it's kind of like letting that whole thing wash out and seeing how it plays. And and hopefully he'd be able to get, you know, it should be even easier to get transfers, how all these kids in this transfer portal. So, <laughs> so you know, it should make it the recruiting that much easier for uh, HBCU, especially with all of the uh, recent social justice things and kids leaning in that direction. So I would think, you know, we would be able to snag a couple more uh, transfers. Uh, yeah, that's true, man. I, I, I hope so, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm believing in Mo. I think Mo can get us there. It's gonna take a little second. This was really a, a just a breakthrough, breakthrough season for him. He didn't really have to win or lose and have a great season. He just need to get ingrained in what HBCU life is and coaching Alabama State because, because yeah. of the fact that you know it's so much to the COVID season that he probably had to deal with, especially his rookie season. And we were on probation. Yeah. People didn't realize we weren't going anywhere anyway last year. We was on probation. Yeah. We, went, we couldn't play in any postseason. So I knew this is just a season. Get his feet wet. Let him see how it moves. But I, I was a little disappointed they didn't get Shaq signed. I was a little disappointed by that. I mean, well, I get it. Texas Southern, Houston. 
Uh, I can understand that, but the fact they got Shaq, you know, Shaq had the jersey on doing the interview, yeah. I was a little disappointed. Like, dang, why you can't get Shaq's son, yeah. though, bro? Like, yeah. I, being that you're a former NBA player, you should have, like, uh, you could have tapped into that little. Yeah. He played on Cleveland, too. He was on Cleveland. Shaq played on Cleveland. Yes. Some point. I don't know. If- I was just like, uh. One and Mo made that call. Well, he had to. It was, it yeah. was two, too. He had two teams. It was Bama State and Texas Southern. Oh, wow. And he chose Texas Southern over Bama State. enough, bro. Oh, for real? We ain't paying mm. nothing. So, so <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, I just feel like that. That's not. That's not a, a different on 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 Mo. It's just the fact that is this is bringing in a big name like Mo, being a rookie coach, being young, is that helping recruiting? Is that happening university? So, yeah, it should. I would think it would help, man. I can't imagine it not helping, man. It should help. It should are you, help. Are you sending your top players there? I mean, you had this conversation. Are you sending uh, your yeah. top players there? I would send players there, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, that's that's my Lujak, thing. Did, did Lujak call you? Yeah, we talked, man. It just never, anything really came to fruition. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it ain't, nothing never really came to fruition. So, you know, it was one of those things we talked, but it just never came came to light. So, I mean, I think, I think I, I need to talk to Ty, really, uh, you know, to kind of, because I think yeah. they, you know, it's a, it's a uh, you know, it's a pot of gold up here in this area in terms of. And Tyrone's you know, right there. Right for the right yeah. for the uh uh for a good conversation. Yeah, yeah, I need to hit him up, man. But you know, because I got a couple youngers who probably would be good down there. But it just, I don't know. I think Blue Jack and I was focusing more on like recruiting down south. You know, so I think, I think it's expanding that whole network is the thing that's important because you know it's kids that can play. But it looked like they were really focused on like the kids down there. I was kind of disappointed you know? with Blue Jack because his daughter, who's one of the best players in the nation. She went to South Carolina instead of playing for her mom, who was the the coach for Alabama State. Wow! So yeah, you know so they were married, right? Lou Jack and and uh, and Coach uh, Freeman, Freeman, Freeman Jackson. They yeah. um they um they're like they they're one of the few married couples that actually that um within a program. And Lou Jack's daughter was like number two, number three best player in the nation. But she ain't coming to Alabama. State. She didn't go to state. She went to wow. she went to South Carolina, which I understood, but she ended up transferring. And she didn't transfer yeah. to Alabama State. Nah, it's just like I didn't understand that. Let me hold on before I get to the next question. Before we get to the city councilman stuff, okay? Are we going to market your daughter as one of the top athletes to go to Alabama State University? We need to put that out there right now. Now I I see your daughter all the time. I will make sure I put that in her ear. Like when when is our recruitment trip for Alabama State University? We need to make sure that. And I don't know, man. We ain't got no letters from Alabama State yet, man. So I need to make a call because you know I'm I'm quick to make a call. I'm quick to make a call. He open or whatever, but uh, you know that's her decision, man. Like you know, you can't, you know, when you got kids, man. Like you got to understand, man. They got to make their own choices, especially when it comes to stuff like that. You, you could try to sway him and, and talk to him, but at the end of the day, it's like Emmett Smith, you know, his son, man. You know, he went where he went. So it's like you want to, you want to try to encourage him, but you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So I don't, and I, hear, really- I don't want to hear this, bro. <laughs> what you talk about is not, it's not registered in my mind right now. <laughs> hey, man. It- it's what it is, bro. I mean, I would I would love for her to go, but you know, I don't know if that's she ain't really been talking about it. You know, she got other little things in her mind, but you know, we talked to everybody, man. We done talked to a whole bunch of different schools. What, so all this up- is her junior season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we talked to like Missouri, Memphis, all these places, but we talked to small schools too. Like we supposed to talk to South Carolina Upton. Actually we got all of them. I know, I know. 
I ain't know I know, but you know, and then it's another school, Lafayette. They both be one schools, but you know, I we we just we talk to everybody. So I mean, when you know, you don't close your basket to nobody. You let you all the heard, you haven't heard of Alabama State University yet. Nah, man, you know, so you know it is what it is, man. They ain't they ain't like they recruiting her. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna make that work. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> all right, bro. So so give us a give us um give a layout on, on what made you want to run for City Council Alexandria, bro. Uh, well, I mean, the biggest thing is in, in my community organizing. So my whole thing is I'm running for a more equitable Alexandria, right? Two things that I've noticed in community organizing. Uh, one, and this is the major thing. I, I ain't going to talk about the second one, but I'm going to talk about the, the first one. Probably this probably more impactful and hits more home to me, right? So in the city of Alexandria, <clears throat> like minorities, working class people, low-income people, their voice is underrepresented in the city, period. Right. Uh, and so what I did is and in, in being a community organizer, I organized with those demographic of people to help them get on local boards and commissions, because that's where all the decisions are made. Right. Uh, for the city, because a lot of times, like especially in the African-American community, we find ourselves being reactive instead of proactive. Like and what I say that is like like take, for instance, the protests that are going on. Right. A lot of those like Black Lives Matter protests and all those things and all the people that are out there. Those are all reactions, right? They're reactions to something that people saw, right? But just imagine if we had been doing all of that, and not the violent stuff, but just the, you know, being out there protesting beforehand. You get what I'm saying? Like, so it's like we wait until something happens and then we out there. Whereas I feel like a lot of other demographics, especially wealthy people and a lot of times wealthy white people, right? They, they, they planning and they plotting and they organizing way ahead. You know what I mean? That thing is already inked out and we don't show up to the meeting. You know what I'm saying? And so what happens is we get the short end of the stick. You know, the letter come talking about what they're about to do and then we jumping out. Yo, what y'all doing? And it's too late. It's already, you know, now we fighting against the grain, right? And so there's two forms of power, right? You got money power and you got people power, right? The community that I'm talking about, a lot of times they don't have a lot of money power, right? But they got a lot of people. And so that's why I always organize with that group to let them understand, because even too in that demographic, working class, low income minority groups, a lot of times we carry around a stigma and insecurity in terms of feeling like our voice really doesn't matter. You know, like you'll hear that all the time in in our community. Like people say, man, nobody care what we think. You even hear people say, don't vote. You know what I mean? Vote for what? You know what I'm saying? And so but it's understanding. No, man, your voice does matter. And it's about it's a matter of understanding strategically how to organize, put yourselves together so that you can actually make a difference and make change. And so that's what I did. Right. And so I help people get on the Economic Opportunity Commission, uh, which is they make a lot of like financial planning decisions for the city of Alexandria, as well as the state of Virginia. Right. Uh, I joined the Alexandria Redevelopment Housing Authority Board. Uh, they provide because affordable housing a big is a big issue in Alexandria. In fact, 90% of the affordable housing in the city has been washed away. You know what I mean? And and what, what, and what went with that is black people. <laughs> Gentrification, you get what I'm saying? Uh, and so so I joined that because, you know, they provide affordable housing at the lowest level, like 30% AMI, right? Uh, 30% or below AMI. I help people get on the juvenile justice uh, detention center board uh, because, you know, when because of all the social justice stuff that's happening, you know, when our kids get locked up, a lot of times, you know, when other racist children get locked up, it's like, oh, you know, he was a good guy and they make sure he's taken care of. 
But we had to make sure that we had people on that board to make sure that when our kids do make a mistake, that they're taken care of. You know what I mean? Uh, we even have people on the uh, adult detention center board. Again, same sort of thing, because, you know, a lot of times we want to cast people away. But, you know, you get guys who get locked up, man. I mean, they become more criminal when they get in there than they did when they when they were first going in. So it's a matter of trying to make sure that people are taken care of. Uh, also, I think I kind of went away. Also, I uh, created a safety committee, which is something that's recently going on. The chief of police uh, has, has been talking about that. Uh, where we have a community, uh, we call it our relational policing uh, initiative, where the police just go through public housing communities and communities of color, knock on doors, get to know the people, that kind of stuff. So I did all of that to make sure all of these different things to make sure that we had better representation, you know? And so, because I just believe communities work better when everybody has a seat at the table and you're hearing from everybody. Uh, and, and so those are the things I've been doing and that's what prompted me to run to make a difference because I saw that lack of representation in our community. And I was somebody who was already on the ground organizing. Uh, I organized even with the firefighters, right? They try to get a collective bargaining agreement done. I was advocating for it. They're endorsing me. A lot of other labor unions, uh, Nova labor, WMATA, which is like all of the, uh, the, 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 the bus drivers and all the trains of people, that kind of thing. So, you know, so it's just one of those things to make sure I'm in a position where I can help, and I've been already doing it. It's bridging that gap because that's really what I see myself is myself as as a bridge to communities that voices have been underrepresented and muffled in a lot of ways. So, so once you get like you know, elected as we gonna claim it, what's yes, the sir. first? Like, look, we gonna claim that you are gonna win this seat. So, what's yes, the first challenges or challenge that you will look to address, like in your first thirty days in office or first hundred days in office? Well, I mean, one of the things I'm going to be doing is like a kind of like an equity audit, I want to say, to kind of look at areas where where we lack representation and try to bring that, which is something I was already doing anyway. But it's, it's a lot easier when you're on council to get people on boards and commissions in the city, you know, because the city council members are the people who vote for it, who, who gets appointed to the board, <laughs> to those to those commissions. Uh, whereas before, what I was doing is because I helped get a lot of the city council members elected, I would just call them up. And be like, hey, such and such, you know, and we talk about it and, you know, you know, get the people opportunity to get on, you know, but now it's going to be a lot different conversation. Uh, And then also uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing that I'm going to be focusing on as well uh, is uh, with like business owners in the city. Like we're launching a uh, minority owned uh, small business association in the city of Alexandria. It's like the first of its kind, really, because up until this point. We're gonna maybe like the Delray Business Association. It's like it's different areas, but there hasn't been any really representation of the minority community uh, in terms of business uh, ownership in our city. And so it's one of those things that we're gonna be tackling because, like you know, recently AEDP, you guys will probably know this, the Alexandria Economic Development Partnership. During COVID, a lot of a lot of uh, minority businesses took a hit. And they weren't really able to access the funds. Now, you know, people can say, well, some people, their argument is, well, they should have looked. You know what I mean? But the, the the other side of that argument is you're going to take out the time to talk to certain people. Then you should take out the time to talk to older people. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they did reach out to some, but they missed a lot. So I'm going to say that. I don't want to just totally throw them under the bus. 
they did reach out to some, but they missed a lot of people, a whole lot of people. And so that's one of those things that I'm, I want to make sure that we plug in so that people are able to access the resources uh, that's available to them. Uh, and not just for, for black people, for everybody, because there's a lot of like white people and, you know, people, uh, wealthy people in the area who miss out on information as well. So I just think overall, we can do a better job of communicating with the constituents. So. Awesome. All right. So, uh, again, the question I want to ask is, you know, that your daughter is one of the best in the country. Uh, so what's your thought on her game at this point, uh, her career and what you want to see, you know, from her game going forward in the future? Well, she, uh, her thing is right now, she's still, you know, she can play, but she's still learning, man. You know what I mean? Like, so she's still developing. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just growing mentally, you know what I mean? Just understanding how to put the game together because she's skilled and she has all these different things that she can do. And I, I think she can do more than she has more than she can do than what she knows what to do with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's understanding how to piece it all together and put a game together. And really her focus right now is like just trying to understand how to dominate the game from her position. You know what I mean? And, 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 and move the needle and control the momentum. And so that those are some of the biggest things and in terms of her aspirations. I mean, you know, she, a typical hooper, man. You know, she want to play high level Division One basketball, win the NCAA tournament, all that kind of stuff, and play in the WNBA. So, you know, that's her, that's her big thing. So, you know, and, and my job as a her dad is and somebody who's been there before is to just support her in every capacity that I can. You know, and whether it was basketball or whatever it is, we're gonna support our kids. But even more so, you know, when you when you know about it, you're gonna definitely jump on board. And James, see me in there. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I, you definitely keep her in there, and and she is better than you right now. She's better than you. She's better than you in co- your college version of yourself of your better college version. She's better than you. I just want to let you know that. I want to I want to put that out there that she's better than you already in yeah, high school than you it. was I'll in college. I ain't even gonna argue with you, man. I'm, I'm gonna take it, man. I'm, I'm happy. I hope she, you she a point guard. Yeah, so yeah, she's a point guard. Okay, she's a point guard, man. And uh, but she you know, four positions. Yeah, see, I mean, she played in the wings. She played off the ball. And and even that is, like, figuring out really what position she likes more. I mean, she's a passer. She's not really, like, somebody like Highwoods. I was trying to shoot that joint all the time. But she <laughs> she's more of a team player, totally, like, unselfish to a fault almost. You're like, bro, listen, the person you just passed it to and missed eight shots in a row, y'all going to lose, man. Shoot the ball. <laughs> then she'll come down and score. You're like, yo, why you ain't been did that? Like, you could do that all the time. All right. But she, like, like. Her teammates. So, what's our favorite? Uh, what's our favorite player? Like either WNBA or uh, NBA. Which is, you know, what's funny, man. Her favorite NBA player. She's always talking about Magic Johnson, and I'm like, Magic. Magic. Hey, she young. I know it's the weirdest thing, bro. But she like, I like Magic. I'm like, I don't even see Magic in your game, but okay, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. But but that's her thing, man. She like Magic. And, uh, uh, in uh, terms of uh, in terms of what was I about to say? In terms of like WNBA players, uh, she likes Sue Bird and all those players. You know, like you know, that's that's person she talks about a lot too. So, I just want her to stop growing because every time I see her, she gets she gets a little bit. She almost she almost as tall as me. I, I ain't gonna lie. I was like last time I stood beside, I was like, dang. She was like, hey. I was like, hey. I was like, hey. You're a little taller than me right now. Like I don't know about this. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. She's definitely. She's definitely grown a lot, man. Every time I turn around, she's getting bigger and bigger. So I know you got, a, I know you got a couple more daughters, bro. Are they 
taking that same path or absolutely <laughs> and I'm happy about it <laughs> because uh, uh oh, it's one of those things man with, with with you know when you have kids man I always tell people if your kid you want your kids to play something you don't know about it's more enjoyable right. you know what I mean uh like my old one of my uh second to youngest daughters she's a cheerleader she does competition cheer and she's just as like she actually she's more competitive than my older daughter she just don't play basketball but mm. she you know she does travel they going all over the place with cheering instead of basketball obviously uh and at the end of the competitions i'll be like i remember one time they took second place so at the end of it i was like oh my god that was great you did good like i was excited i was happy i thought they did awesome she's like dad what you talking about we took second place it was we didn't do good <laughs> like she like going in on me <laughs> and i'm like I, I i don't know but ignorance is bliss you know what i'm saying like i knew nothing about it so i'm like right. hey it was good you know but with my oldest daughter who plays basketball, I see everything, man. It's like, oh, why you eat? Yeah, she doesn't like it. I want to let you know that. She doesn't like it. I can tell by her looks. She don't like it, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's it's one of those things, man. But, you know, she she uh, doing, she's doing well. And uh, my uh, second to oldest, she's more into, like, like she's actually, I call her my campaign manager. She's more, like, into politics and doing all that kind of stuff. So she's out here right now canvassing. Uh, with me, she's my campaign manager right now. They're going door to door, and I'm going to get uh, out there with you. I told you I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. get out there with you, so you don't have to keep calling me. I'm, after, I'm after gonna, get, I'm yeah. going to get out there. He ain't moving, so he should be able to help you out, bro. I got you. I got you. I'm going to be out there. So before we before we get you out of here, man. Um, okay. Give Give me your thoughts on DC sports and how you feel about the future of the Wizards and and the uh, and the Washington Football Club. Because I have to say, W. FC is so it's so off the charts. But give me your thoughts on DC sports and what's going on with your professional teams. I want you to look, go out on your go out on your shield and, and tell us how are you excited? Do you are you are you are you like I'm a little bit blah? Like how you feel about what's going on in DC as far as your professional teams? Uh well, you know, Washington football team, man, we gotta figure it out quarterback wise. I know Alex Smith gone. Uh, and we 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 trying to figure that whole situation out. So fist magic eat uh, your boy? <laughs> man, look, look, bro. I mean, it was you know I was hoping we could get you know, but well, I knew we were gonna get Deshaun Watson. But you know, what I'm saying it would it would it would have been nice to get somebody else. <laughs> you never know, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to ruin you know, any more what, black quarterbacks. Y'all don't ruin them. <laughs> don't ruin no yeah, any more black quarterbacks. I was glad Alex Smith rolled out though, man, because I was worried about his health, man. To be honest, bro, I did, I would hate. See him get hurt, man. That was that was been sad. Uh, my Wizards, we you know we 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 about a player or so away, bro. We need we need. I think we need some some post some post presence for real, a real legit post presence. Uh, and we need some more. We need some more shooters, bro. I think you know. I mean, we got my guy Bertans and stuff like that, man. But I mean, I just think guy, like that's that's like your favorite player. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm saying he's a good player. You know the Wizards. Yeah. So you know he uh. But you know, people like that, bro. You know, it's 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 going nigh, right, but we need a little help, man. But do you, we, you like, we not, but do you like the the Westbrook Bill connection? Would you feel like I, should they trade Bill eventually? No, nah, I don't think we need. It. I, I like Westbrook, bro, because of his leadership. Like you see us, the mentality of our players has changed with him. Like John Wall was good, but John Wall was like he was. I just think he wasn't a. 
he wasn't really a professional, man. He wasn't professional. You know, John Wall at the club man, all the bro, time. You about to have my man Keon get up. Keon right here. That, he's dog. not in video, he's but he, Wall, he's a John Wall fan. Uh, all I got to say, John Wall, I ain't had y'all in the play-in. Y'all was making the playoffs, fourth and third. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is what we was missing, bro, I'm not going to lie to you. John Wall just wasn't professional enough, man. Like, he was too distracted as far as I'm concerned. He was like, wanted to be, he wasn't missing no clip. Wasn't missing no party. He was just, he, you know, but Westbrook about business. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, he was about... Older, got a wife, got kids. Exactly. That's that what I'm saying. He settled. Yeah, that's what I mean. He settled. John Wall was... I don't know if he was single or not. I know he got he a baby, single. but... 20, he was single. Yeah, he, he was... Exactly. He got a baby. He's, he's single. He's running around, man, still, man. But Westbrook, like, settled. So, it's like... So, it's a different level. He's more... Prof- like, Westbrook care about basketball. It, yeah. period. He didn't think about nothing other than basketball. John Wall had a lot of other stuff on his mind, bro. And and to me, that that affected his leadership because he was the head of our team and everybody else was taking on that mindset. You see how the whole culture, how the whole culture has changed under Westbrook's leadership, bro. It's different. Even 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 Bill carried himself different. You know what I'm saying? Like Bill, Bill got a little, got a little toughness to him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he acting like he 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 about it. <laughs> but man, so since we're talking about the Wizards, man, like what what are your thoughts on how Russ Book is doing, man? He's about to break the all time triple double record by Oscar Robinson. What's your thoughts on like his play? You always talk about his leadership, uh, what separates him different from John Wall. So how you feel about his season so far? Man, I think I think it's I think it's going good, man. I mean, I think I think like again, I just think the mentality that he brings makes the difference, man. That's that's the secret sauce when it comes to Westbrook. He's not a great shooter. I just think it's his mindset and his will. His will to win and that whole desire. You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes his antics get you like, oh, man, all right. But still, it gives us a toughness, man, that we were missing. So I'm happy. I'm happy with Westbrook, bro. And uh, I think it was a good trade as far as I'm concerned. But Go ahead. Can you give the last question? I think it was his favorite NBA player. Yeah, what's your uh, favorite NBA player? Michael Jordan, man. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? I, you, you didn't have Michael Jordan game, bro. So I, I, I want to put that question. You didn't have Michael Jordan game, by the way. Who are you talking about, man? Listen, MJ. <laughs> MJ. That's my guy. That's, that's, that's Oh, you know, this, yeah. I don't know, man. They got a lot of LeBron fans out here saying LeBron the greatest. Anybody who ever would think LeBron better than MJ need to check their fever and they need to go through a lot of tape because MJ, that man, he was just built different. And I don't care what LeBron, I don't care what's that LeBron break, how many championships he win. He'd never be better than Mike just because I just think Mike's mentality was totally different. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's just different, man. Like, it's a reason why every champion, every time Mike went to the championship, he won. Because he just, you wouldn't beat that man. When he made it that far, he, he taking it. You know, Absolutely. LeBron, you don't be knowing what's going to happen, bro. You don't know if he's going to win or lose for real. You, you on, your, you on the edge of your seat every time. Because <laughs> I ain't going to lie, Mike stopped a lot of my favorite. Uh, yeah. Getting rings, man. Charles Barkley yeah, was one of my favorite. Of uh, LeBron. Miller. Yeah. Mike Carl Malone. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Knicks, that whole Knicks era, they should have got one, but they yeah, could never get it. He stopped a lot of people. He well, killed them, man. But well, the Knicks had their shot when they lost to uh, Elijah one. Yeah. They had this yeah. shot. They get that one. But that's the team yeah. I would have loved to see battle. 
if Jordan would have retired. I'd love to saw yeah. that Houston team against Mike team. I don't know. I think that it went seven. But that agent, that Houston team was aging too, though. No, I'm talking when they had a young Robert Ory, young Sam Cassell. They had a young, those are the only two young pieces. Yeah, but I'm saying that's Kenny Smith. Smith was still in his Kenny prime. Smith. Yeah, Lajuan still was in his prime. Shit, Lajuan was done, bro. Lajuan, I think he was done retired like 10 years. No, Lajuan no, was not in his prime. No, Lajuan retired like, no, Lajuan came in the league before Jordan. <laughs> All right, he came in 85. Yeah. No, Jordan came in the league 84. 84. Lajuan <laughs> was in before him. Yeah, no, the same one. draft. No, they were no, same draft. They were same draft. They were same draft. They were same draft. That was in his prime. That was in his prime. No, listen. This is what you're saying. It makes sense, but it, dog, LaDonjuan was almost done like two or three years later. Shit, he was in his prime. Why didn't it go back to the finals again? I mean, fuck, bro. Anything happened. Jordan no, so the Suns went to the finals, and then Super Suns went to the finals. But I'm talking about that Those team. And then the Utah it. Jazz but went. But that team had broke up a little bit. Like, I think Sam Cassell had left. I think Robert Orry had left. I'm talking about that team. When? I'm talking about when they went in Houston. Won Orry 90. was there like five years. Houston won it, what, 90 what? 90, 90, that's 93, 90. 90. They won back to back. 93, 94. That's it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would love to no, see. No, but Jordan played 95, 96, 97. But I'm just saying. I would no, just, yeah, he, 95, 96, 97, 98. Houston won it. Because yeah. no. they, they knocked out by Orlando. They won 94-95. Right, so they back So back hold on, back. but Jordan played 95, 96, 97, 98. But they got knocked out 95 against Orlando. Who? Orlando, Shaq team. That's what I'm saying. We should talk about the Bulls. But this is what I'm trying to tell you. But, but, but Elijah was in his prime. But if no, but no, why? If they were so much great, the Bulls were the championship in 96. I, I'm just saying. I it wasn't the same team. Seattle team. was there. Why it, the, was, it wasn't the same team. It wasn't no, the but same Seattle. Team. It wasn't the same. Sam Cassano. Hey, man, listen, listen. Listen, yo, 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 Harris, man, yo. Listen. Welcome to the Augie Brothers to, Podcast, Exactly, dog. brother. <laughs> I'm going to get you out of here, bro. Um, just give you get, get your final. Let me get your final. First, before I get you out of here, I want to tell a quick story. I was telling them before we before you came on. Uh, I was like, man, they asked me how did we know each other, and I was like, man, listen, I met him in business law, and this dude sat in front of me, and I remember just all the time he used to sit like I used to be like in, in business law. We had some space, and it was a seat between us. And I'd be like, man, why do you keep sitting so close? I'm gonna I'm say, like, why do you why do you keep bothering me all the time, man? Because you you were you one of like the um, one of the smartest people in our classroom, and I remember like all you all the time you just challenged me. We would just talk back and forth. I like you was a different personality than the rest of us. You were way more I, like I told you in the post, man. You you were way more polished. You were way more determined. You knew what you were doing. We were young. We were simple. We were still out here trying to make it. I said, man, like yo, man, like Kev was a different dude, and he had this DC lingo. And I used to be like, man, like he was like, yo, man, what's up, son, young. This, this, and that. I'll be like, man, why does this dude always keep, keep, keep bothering you all the time, man? But over that time frame, man, just being, I was like, man, this dude right here has a purpose. He's focused. And I remember just, and I was telling them, like, a lot of things you were putting out there in that classroom and just in that, just that short span of time, we got to get to know each other. Moving forward, I took on myself because I was like, yo, it's things that is about this guy that you can see that he understands, and he gets it, what's going on in, in, in his life. And, and you can you can just re, be receptive to that information, that message. I used to give you that message every day, every day. Even when I was like, I didn't want to hear it. Even when I was like, man, I ain't trying to like yo, like I ain't trying to hear that. And I'm not here. Um, maybe a little thotting, maybe a little young thotting back in those days. They call it, call it something else. But at that time, man, you would give me a message that made me understand, like yo, man, it's a lot of important things out here, and you got to be bigger than what your situation are personally. So uh, yeah, um, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. And I want, no, you, I want you to have go ahead and give you an opportunity to give your final thoughts before we before we get you out of here. 
Nah, man, I just appreciate uh, being here, man, being invited. It was good to connect always, man. And, uh, you know, it's like, like you know, my whole relationship with you has been awesome, man. Even after graduating, you know, it's getting a chance to circle. Yeah, yeah. Circle. crazy. Yeah. Like, when I found out you lived up here, that was wild. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, you know, I'm definitely in support. You know, I'm a sports guy, man. And, and uh, I, I love what you guys are doing. I would even like, like me and you had talked before about plugging in some of the young guys, young kids that I know into those, this whole, into this whole thing, because I just feel like part of our responsibility as in our generation and as adults is to pass on stuff. Like even with me running for office, it's bigger than just me running, but it's also part inspiration to, to, to young African-American boys, girls, whoever. That's why I got my daughter out here because I think a lot of times what, kids from inner cities and disadvantaged backgrounds and even minority kids are missing is access, right? Yeah. We're missing access to make things real, you know, because you see these things, you see an NBA player, but unless you go and meet one and you talk to them and they become real to you, then getting to that place, uh, it, it opens up your mind and realize, you know what, I can get there. I know me growing up, I knew no politicians and nobody I knew ever ran from office. You know what I mean? Like I've seen them on television and so even as an adult, it wasn't something that I thought that would be possible. I didn't think that I would do. But after being around it and doing the organizing, I, it, it, it clicked on me like, man, I could, hold on, I could do that, man. Like, are you kidding me? And so I want to do that. I want to have that same aha moment for, for, for our youth, not just in politics, but in everything. You know what I mean? Whether it's being a, a business person, whether it's being a CEO, whether it's being a business owner, whether it's, you know what I mean? Owning your own, running your own podcast, no matter what it is. I just think that's what we lack, man. And so I just think it's our responsibility to reach back and make sure that we're able to inspire the younger people, you know. And so that's one of the things I, that I'm about, man. And 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 if there's anybody from Alexandria listening, don't forget to vote on June 8th. Early voting is starting already. And, and just and and just adding, how can um, whether it's anybody from Alexandria or just in the DMV area or across the nation, you know, we worldwide, by the way. Uh, how yeah, can yeah. they? How can they find you? How can they? They look you up. Um, how can they, they can contribute to your campaign? Go ahead and give out that yeah. information as well. So they want to go to www.voteforkevinharris.com. That's where you can access, you can donate, uh, sign up to volunteer, find out about the campaign. You can also uh, go to my social media page, which is Vote for Kevin Harris as well. Uh, and uh, that's on there as well. And then, and then on, uh, on, Twitter, that's on Facebook, but on Twitter, it's vote the number four, Kevin. You know what I mean? And so you, you'll be able to access all that information. And repeat that, that voting date yep. again. It's so June you, 8th, yeah. right? On Twitter, it's vote the number four, Kevin. And on Facebook, it's vote for Kevin Harris. So you just go to vote for Kevin. You type in vote for Kevin Harris on Facebook, and you'll be able to access my page. But then on our website, it's just vote for Kevin Harris.com. So. And the, and the voting date is June 8th, correct? And that June is June 8th is voting day, but early voting has started already. So if people early want voting, to vote, and that is um just to just to make sure to to um, I'm correct here. That is democratic voting, correct? Or how Yeah, so this is the democratic primary. This is the democratic right. primary. But open it's an open primary. So even if you're a Republican, you can vote in the democratic primary. Okay. Sounds good, man. Anybody got any final thoughts for my man Kevin here? Man, definitely thank you for uh, jumping on the show, man. It's great to have, like, HBCU grads to represent the way you're doing, um, making a change not only just for, like I said, just for, you know, the city of Alexandria, but the impact you're having on the kids, man. And 
you know, I hate that you went to, you know, Alabama State, but, you know, <laughs> it's HBCU love, bro. Shout out to you. Hey, hey to you, all, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I uh, yeah, also, well, same thing, man. Thank you for joining in. Been a great uh, interview. Uh, good luck. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We're going to claim it. You definitely know you're going to win. Uh, you know, get Absolutely. Out there and uh, VA yes, looking sir. for you doing great things. And when you win, I'll be like, bro, I know that dude, bro. I met him on the Argus right. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, good luck I'm, to your daughter, too, man. I love what you're doing with the uh, with the young kids, just the, uh, developing, not just looking for who's the next big thing to come out of D.C., but just taking talent and developing. So I want to give you uh, kudos to that. Thanks. Oh man, appreciate that man, and and, I, and I'm I'm having arguing brothers at the uh, at the celebration party, man. Y'all yeah, we, we, we listen. Yeah. First of all, we're gonna be there, and and I just wanna let you know all them Bible verses used to be singing to me. We used to yo, you come in class, you be singing out loud. I'd be like, they starting to work, bro. So yo, you see the imprint now. I'm a better man now, there, right? So, there you, you know, go, man. There you I'm go. I'm way better I was with yo behind you in class. <laughs> I've matured a lot more, man. So like, once again, thank you for being on, bro. I totally appreciate. It, man. No, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it, fellas, man. All, All right. right. All right. Take care, man. Enjoy your evening. Okay. All right. Take care. You too. Peace. Yeah, I'm gonna stay doing something for themselves, boy. Man, we out here, man. We just trying to make it work a little bit. You know what I mean? Facts, bro. Facts, facts, facts. All right, brother. That was a good interview right there, man. Um, represent your people, man, that you know. Absolutely. Keaton, give me your final thoughts before we get out of here. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Um, final thoughts. Another, uh, it was great having them on. Uh, I also want to send a shout out to my uh, all the mothers out there, uh, my baby mama, my uh, mother, <laughs> yeah, you know, the mother, mom. Your, mother of your son, <laughs> yeah, mother of my son, baby mama, ex wife, yeah, whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? Just uh, every all the ladies out there that have kids, I want to just, uh, you know, what I'm saying y'all the head. I know a lot come on y'all shoulders from the kids, just having to be mom, nurse, teacher. <laughs> Everything so just shout out, you know, to my grandmother. Uh, you know, my only grandmother that alive right now. I got one grandmother left. Shout out to her, she's all the way out in Texas. Shout out to my aunt, you know what I'm saying? Where in Texas your grandmother at, man? That's where you know, uh, Kayla, uh, they out there in uh, some suburbs of Dallas. It's, okay, uh, yeah, nice, 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 man. Yeah, so nice, man. My uh, grandma's in El Paso, yeah, so, so I know, yeah, Texas so, well. so uh, yeah, just shout out to all the mothers out there. You know? Yeah, likewise, man. Just shout out to my moms, man. Deborah Butler, man. You know, she raised, uh, as a single parent, raised me and my sister, man. So shout out to you. Happy Mother's Day. Shout out to my wife, um, Tiffany, man. And, you know, she's the anchor of the family. And uh, shout out to all my aunts, man. All my friends that's, you know, mothers as well, man. I give kudos to everybody, man. Shout out. I echo the same uh, sentiments, man. Like, shout out to my mom. Shout out to, I have, I'm very blessed. I have basically two moms, right? right. Hell, multiple moms, if you really be honest with you, because growing up in my neighborhood, people took care of me. Like when my mom was working. So, uh, all love to them. All love to uh, my mother. All love to, like I said, to my stepmom. Um, everybody out there. All the, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, man. Um, worldwide, Instagram. Everywhere through the world, man. Like, yo, just give a shout out to you guys. Y'all are amazing. You don't just deserve a day. You deserve every day of the year. Um, and y'all always been very important to me and very important to what we're doing to the Argon Brothers podcast. Um, just one little quick quick little thing. Key, man, when's the next um, uh, Convo with Key episode? Uh, uh, every other, so I'm doing it every other uh, Tuesday, so it will be not this Tuesday. But, but next um, Tuesday, we yeah. have another Argon, um, another, excuse me, another uh, Convo with Keon. Uh, coming with Key, uh, coming 
Not this Tuesday, folks, but next Tuesday. Right. And um, uh, we got more things coming, so please be be ready for it. We got another guest coming next week. Uh, we got Lando Arnold, who is the um, uh, president and CEO and, uh, of um, Pyramid Sports Group. He's a sports agent, NLB, as well as NFL. So we're going to bring him on next week and have a great conversation with him. And then after that, the following Sunday, we're not recording on that Saturday, recording that Sunday, we have Sheena Quick. Who is a, um, a former former um, FSU track athlete? Now is a Carolina Panther reporter. We'll have her on next week to talk about the NFL, talk about the draft, talk about different things, talk about NFL business across the NFL news across all boards. So we're looking forward to both of those conversations, talk about different things, man. So look forward to it, man. Ray, man, get us out of here, brother. When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Suspended from school, I'm scared to go home. I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Shed tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was poor and other little kids. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell. And who thinking elementary? Hey, I see the penitentiary one day.